Yo, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Off the Glass podcast. Today, we have got episode number 39 for you all, and we are going to be giving you our first power rankings of the season, as well as going through and giving you all our midseason NFL award picks. We pulled up our, our preseason picks. We're gonna, it's gonna be fun to compare what we thought before the season started now that we are a little way over halfway through the NFL season. Um, so excited to get into all that, giving y'all a nice little mixed episode today. You got the NBA, you got the NFL. What more could you want out of an NFL and NBA podcast? Um, but before we get into that, we're gonna get the housekeeping out of the way as always. Um, if you are on YouTube, be sure to like, comment, subscribe to the channel. Go over to our audio platform, Spotify, Apple Music. Go ahead and pre-download and follow the show. Leave us a five-star rating. Um, helps us out a ton. And then follow the socials that you see there at the bottom, at Off The Glass Pod on Instagram and at Off The Glass Podcast on TikTok. Before we jump into... Um, what we're going to start out the show with, which is going through some of the, the hot topics around the association, going through what the, the biggest news is around the league. Because there's a couple of teams that I definitely want to talk about and some storylines because some teams have been looking looking real fraudulent, real fraudulent um, since a certain trade was made. Um, and I know it's a small sample size, but the sample that we got don't look great. So I got we got to get into that for sure. And a couple of teams that have been uh been hot, been real, real hot to start the season. So I want to get into all that. But before we do, how are we doing today, Dame? How are we feeling? You might mute it. <laughs> Technical difficulties. Don't, don't, don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. But I might. I mean, my Lakers, we... Uh, yeah, beat, yeah, beat the Blazers. Hey. We beat the Blazers. You know what I'm saying? We we pulled through. So I'm 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 high. You know what I mean? I'm honestly just excited to watch basketball. My leg has been slightly disappointing, but besides that though, like I just I'm just happy to watch basketball. So I, I'm doing good. Hey, fingers crossed, bro. Cam Reddish, two games in a row. I'm seeing the, the shooting coming together. The defense been there this year. So you know what I'm saying? Vando coming back. We might turn it around. Oh, Elston Reed starting to play a little bit better. Mm-hmm. I, that was the one guy I had faith that we was gonna pick it. He was gonna pick it up a little bit. So let me stop. Five start rambling about the Lakers. <laughs> but I, I'm alright, man. I'm alright. We'll, we'll definitely give them time on some of the later episodes. But want to go through. I got a couple teams here that I definitely want to talk about before we get into our power rankings. Um, and the first one here, as you can see on the bullet points there on the top right, if you're watching on YouTube, um, is the Clippers. They made the James Harden trade. We gave our our full reactions last week in that episode. And since then, they have played four games with James Harden and are on four um, and are not losses against good teams either. Um, losses to the Knicks, losses to the Nets, a loss against the Mavericks where they could not stop a nosebleed. Luka had 44 points in what it was like 30 minutes, something like that, something crazy. Um Thanks. Yeah, 44 points in 32 minutes. He only missed four shots the whole game. And then what really sealed it and made me want to talk about it today, um, because, again, like I said, it's a small sample size. It's four games. I understand that this is not what it's going to look like all year. They lost to the Grizzlies. That's unacceptable, bro. Like That's sick. This Grizzlies team, they're – only win on the year has come against the, the Trailblazers. I mean, they lost to the Wizards. Like, this this Grizzlies team has looked like, I have an argument to be the worst team in basketball right now. 
Um, not even like record-wise aside, like record-wise they are in bottom three um, across the league. But even just on the court play, they just do not look like a great team. They're battling injuries on top of the John Morant suspension. Uh, it's, it's a tough situation out there in Memphis. But despite all of that, they go out and Desmond Bain puts up 27 points. And the Clippers put up a very funky-looking box score, which has kind of been the MO for them this entire time that James Harden has been there where you have no one really putting up enough points out of any of the the stars that you now have on this, this roster and they end up losing by four to this Grizzlies team. So I want to, I want to flip it over to you and just ask you, what do you think the issue is here? Cause I think it goes back to a lot of what we talked about after the trade reaction, which was, how does Harden now fit with all of these other superstars and how does his game have to adjust? And so far early on, it does not feel like he's adjusted all that well, or even that the people there, Paul George, Kawhi, Russ, have not made any adjustments towards his style of play. Yeah. Yeah, that's the main thing, man. I just feel like fit-wise – um, like we talked about it, right? The starting lineup with what uh, Harden, Westbrook, Paul George, Kawhi, Zubox, right there already. You can just see that. All right, cool. Obviously, there's only one basketball. Someone's gonna have to be off the ball. We talked about it already. Kawhi's gonna get his because he's the best player on the team. He's Kawhi. Paul George's still gonna get his looks, even though it's still been like uncomfortable with all of them on the court. But Russ or, or James Harden is gonna be off the ball. Both of them are not good off the ball. Like we were talking about it before we hit record. Like there was a clip of of uh james harden catching a wide like catching a pass wide open in the corner instead of just catch shoot this man catches the ball does a step back dribble and gets your shot blocked like he's just not comfortable off the ball he's not comfortable in that like catch and shoot role because that's never really been him he's always been ball dominant always been creating for others or himself so like to him that's that's foreign to him westbrook we know how he is off the ball it's just like he's just not as effective um, so that's really the main problem. They like a lot of times when you watch them play, they look lost. Like they don't look they look like they don't know what they're doing out there. Like James Harden, I mean there was another clip of him. He has some of the worst clips right now. No, he like, does. He has some of the worst clips right now. Like there's a clip of him like cutting and like stop looking for the ball, and then the pass just went to the defense. Like it's it's been pretty bad. So I feel like that's been the main thing offensively. Like you said, defensively, bro, they they can't really guard nobody. That's the thing. Like they can't really guard because if you think about it right you got a backcourt of Westbrook and Harden Westbrook is not a good defender he just sometimes hustles and like can make up for it a little bit mm -hmm. Harden's never been a great defender at this point Kawhi and Paul George are like obviously still good but they're not like the elite two-way stoppers right. that you know that they were like thought out to be when they first like got together right so defensively the lineup isn't great and then when you bring in the offensive struggles of just like them not really having an identity it causes for a dysfunction, and that's pretty much what you're you're looking at right now. Mm -hmm. Do I think they could pick it up? Sure, because I think Ty Lue's a good coach. Like I think they'll figure out some way to like mix the lineup up. Whether you have to have one of them come off the bench, but meaning like Westbrook or Harden. So I think they could pick it up a little bit, but as of right now, it just looks too dysfunctional. Like they have no idea what they're doing out there on the court. Yeah, and it, it almost feels contagious because you're talking about all these clips where you're seeing Harden look weird off the ball. He doesn't look comfortable. He doesn't feel like he's able to just catch and take shots. If you go back and look at that Grizzlies game, there are tons of like moments where 
you see Paul George pump fake on a wide open catch and shoot, dribble drive off of a wide open catch and shoot. Terrence right. Mann is in the corner. This is that's what he he yes, he does he, he played does. Rudy Gobert off the court by doing this, and he's catching it open like not even just like NBA open. This is JV high school open. You shoot that ten times out of ten, and he's hesitating. It just feels like there's an to your point, like an uncomfortableness about all of them on the court. It feels like none of them know how to fit in, which was our initial fear for this fit was just that you're going to have to force all of these stars to play a little bit differently. And it feels like because of the way Harden plays, you have to basically tweak how you play to him because the alternative, like you said, he doesn't seem to have that same impact off the ball it does not look comfortable for him it hasn't in the past and that that's attempted to happen um so you're leaving it in a position where paul george who had such a great start to the season those those first three or four games um does not look the same way Kawhi doesn't look the same way they both have had weird quotes talking like role players almost like you know the shots will come to them like they're not Kawhi and paul george right. <laughs> they should be they should have the shots like they should be able to get the ball and get their shots um, so like you said, I, I think Tyloo is one of the better coaches in the NBA. Um, and I think he's now going to have being dealt a tough hand, going to have to make the tough decision to break up that lineup because again, he, I think came out and said that he wanted to, you know, don't hold off on your opinions until we've played 10 games. Like I said, it's only been four, but the four has looked so rough. Um, and we, this is a lineup that has now played, I think it's their second most played lineup now this entire season. Um, against the Grizzlies, they were they were scoring 1.3 points per possession with Harden on the floor, or with Harden um, off the floor. When he was on the floor, that was down to 0. .82. Um, when he was on the floor, they were giving up 1.3 points per possession. And when he was on the bench, that was down to 0. .72. He is making their offense worse when he's on the floor, and he's making their defense worse right now when he's on the floor. Yeah. Uh, I think their net rating as a lineup when they had Robert Covington was like a plus – let me think I have it saved here. It was like a plus 15 or something. Um, oh, no, they had a, a 38 net rating. Literally the only thing that's changed in that lineup is Robert Covington is out, James Harden is in. That same exact lineup is now a net negative 19 and a half. Um, yeah. so it, the, the offense, it looks disjointed. The defense has a lot of flaws. I think Zubac has gotten exposed a ton. He definitely is not anchoring the defensive back line. The pick and roll is not looked as seamless. As I thought it would be to just come in and bring in a guy like James Harden. Like he almost looks Deandre Ayton-esque at times where he like the ball is fumbling out of his hands. He's not aggressive with the rolls. He's not getting the easy looks that should be there. Their whole offense just looks off. And then you already mentioned they don't have the same level of defenders, even though the names are there. But on a night-in, night-out basis, they're not giving you that elite defense that they used to, you know, five, six, seven years ago. Mm -hmm. um, so they've got a lot, a lot to figure out here in uh, in Los Angeles with the Clippers because – like we said, this was a move to really push everything to the table. They don't really have any of their draft picks. They don't really even have assets if they wanted to like try to flip and make adjustments. Like, there's not a lot here. Like, they pretty much taken all the meat off the bone at this point. Like, this is what mm -hmm. this team has to be. So, 
Ty Lue is really going to be the one that's tasked to figure this out. Um, yeah. And if anybody can, I would peg him as one of the people to do it because of, you know, how good he is with his lineups and his rotations and just being, you know, innovative and trying different things. But I think it's going to really be difficult to get this to work, bro. And it, They're going to have to. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say, and it, it all comes down to, like, finding lineups that you can run with for minutes at a time that yeah. probably don't involve all four of them on the court at once. That That's the main thing is that because they're trying to do this thing where they, they like you said, they want to have all four of them on the court. It's just not going to work because at the end of the day, one of them are is going to be off the ball and one of them is going to be out of place. Like you brought in Harden. What, what the Clippers always talk about, like, all right, we need someone to facilitate. We need someone to like kind of run our offense a little bit. And like Harden obviously led the league in assists last year can be a great point guard like if, it, if that's just his role like all right cool i'm setting everyone up obviously i'm gonna get mine when it comes but i'm really setting everybody up running the pick and roll running the offense then it'd be like that's the reason why initially before the trade happened it was like all right yeah i like the idea of it but then that means you know you're kind of even even if he comes in and he just strictly runs that role that means westbrook is sacrificing that means you're losing the best part of westbrook so like he has to completely go and that's losing a part of your team and that, along with that, like the no defense that you guys are running or that you guys have on the team, it's it's really just tough. It's it's really tough. So even I feel like even if you switch up the lineup and it, you end up having, let's say, Russ come off the bench, Harden actually gets into that just point guard facilitating role, setting people up. The offense looks better. You're still gonna struggle on the defensive end because you just you gave that up in the trade and Harden's not adding anything. Like you said, he's not adding the defensive side of the ball, even if the offense does pick up. So I like even if the offense gets better a little bit, I think that they'll still struggle, and um, it, it'll still be tough for them to actually like compete and like actually be able to beat some of the top teams in the West. Yeah, this feels like if what the Clippers did was addition by subtraction, right? Like you you get James Harden out of there, you see what Tyrese Maxey's done. Shout out to him, fifty point game last night, it mm -hmm. lit the Pacers up. Um, and by removing Harden from that situation, like really allow him to flourish, this feels like subtraction by addition. Like you, you bring in the name and the team just, it feels like it doesn't, it doesn't fit. It doesn't feel the same, even though on a, on paper basis, like you traded out a lot of depth guys for a all-star, all NBA caliber player still. Um, so I wouldn't want to be Ty Lue right now. I wouldn't want to be Ty Lue for sure. That is nah. a, a tough fit. And as there have to be tough conversations, and I can't imagine they're going to be easy because I know it's a lot of ego in that locker room. But oh yeah, for sure, somebody got to hit the bench, bro. Someone has got, got maybe multiple people got to hit the bench. I don't know, bro. Yeah, like I said, the four, the four, the star line is just it's not going to work. That is, you need to just dead that as fast as possible. Yeah, you might be able to make something else work, but the four lineup, the four star lineup, that's not going to work, bro. Yeah. It doesn't all fit. I want to talk about one of your guys definitely come into this season. We're going to talk about the Minnesota Timberwolves, who are My now guy. sitting at I think they're seven and two, right? Seven and two on yeah. the season. Um, I think it's good enough for for second in the Western Conference. Anthony Edwards is currently averaging twenty eight and a half points a game, six rebounds, five assists. Um, he is on a tear really right now, like from yeah. every aspect of the court. Offense, clutch shot making, clutch defense, perimeter defense. He out here catching bodies in every single game. Like he is mm -hmm. doing it all. And I'll be the first person to say it. I said I thought 
that this whole Gobert, Carl Anthony Towns thing was going to really limit this Timberwolves season and how it was going to go. Anthony Edwards said, F all that. He don't care no. about the fit. <laughs> he don't care about nothing. How much time on the clock? A minute? Give me the ball. So Thanks. he has been on an absolute tear. He did it again last night against the Golden State Warriors. I think Draymond said something to him like late in the third or fourth quarter that riled him up, and then it was just bucket after bucket after bucket. And the last one, he was yelling right back at Draymond. So he's got – we knew he had that that dog mentality about him, but he's showing it out on a night-in, night-out basis against the best competition that the league has to offer. They gave the Nuggets their first loss of the season. They also gave the Celtics their first mm-hmm. loss of the season. So the last two unbeaten teams, both were taken down by the Timberwolves, um, and both of them were tight down to they the wire the games. Mm-hmm. Um, so – what what have you seen from Minnesota that has really impressed you, um, you know, this far early on in the season? The main thing is the defense, bro. Like they be strapping, bro. That's that Rudy, like, bro. I'm t- nah. Don't get me wrong. Like I obviously everyone knows us. If you've watched this, I'm not a Rudy Gobert <laughs> fan. But at the end of the day, the teams that he is on, like the defense, the defense is legit. You yep. know what I mean? Um, and I think the the main difference is the fact that you know they actually have perimeter defenders. Or perimeter defenders that can like you know it's not it's not like when Utah where it's like all right he just has to clean everything up it's like no we're actually gonna be able to guard on the perimeter and then if you mm-hmm. get past him then we have Rudy on the back end so that's really been the biggest thing but we kind of seen that going into the year like all right worst case the defense is gonna be there like mm-hmm. it's gonna be there because Ant elite bro he's I'm no. watching this guy like strap Tatum on one position and come back and get a bucket I'm like oh this guy's the best. If we're going to have a conversation, when I say we, I mean like the NBA community as a whole, analysts, commentators, fans, whatever. If we're going to sit up here and talk about the best two-way players, that conversation can't happen without Anthony Edwards anymore. No chance. He has to be included because he is legitimately elite on both sides of the ball. Yes, he will guard the other team's best player. He literally said, I want to guard the other team's best player. He likes it when it's like, you guard me, I guard you, we're going at it. Right. And he's going to do it at an elite level. Yeah. He had like five fouls in that Celtics game. And he's still being aggressive, still getting stopped, still doing like just being the and same old ant. What also is crazy to me is it's not even like he's being like, oh, he's an elite help defender. It's like, no, this, these no. are... I'm on an island. This is an isolation. I know what you want. I'm going to beat you to you, – you, I see what you're trying to do. Jason Tatum is trying to cross in his left. I'm I'm reaching into that pocket early. I'm making him uncomfortable. Like, mm-hmm. the intricacies that that entails, the athleticism, the confidence, like you said, to do that with five fouls to really trust your preparation and play that aggressively, like, elite, 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 elite. 100%, bro. And I love watching. It's so, I love watching good defense. It's so fun to watch. But especially when it's star on star, that's the main thing that gets me. Because it's like a lot of times, like a lot of stars, it's just like, all right, cool. I'm going to do my thing on the offensive end. On the defense, I'll get their third best player. Like maybe, maybe later in the game, I might, you know, switch on to for a couple possessions. But like, nah, and it's like, bro, I, no, I'm guarding you. Like, we're going to go at it. I'm going to guard you. And then if I'm not guarding you, it's Jaden McDaniels guarding you. And then it's yeah. like, damn, I'm in prison. Like, it, it's, right. it's just tough, bro. They just got a lot of, like, length, pause, a lot of athleticism. Um, so that's the main thing that sticks out. I, I still feel like, though, Cat at times is still out of place. He definitely um, is. It's, I just – I still feel like they'd benefit more if they – I mean, I can't really say move off him because I don't really know what his value is still. Like, I don't know 
what you really could get for him. Minimally, you think you got to be able to get like I'm talking at worst like two first round picks, bro. This is Carl Anthony Town. This is we're just talking about how out of place he looks. He doesn't look comfortable in the offense. Defense is like still a funky fit for him. He's still putting up twenty a night. That's true. I mean, he's how old old is Cat? He can't be that old. He got to be, what, 27? I know he's not. I'm about to say, because I know he's not young, but he's not old. So, right. I mean, he might be able to get a little bit something back, something back for him because I just feel like he's the – if I had to say one part of it that still has me like, Ugh, I don't know, it's really that. It's really the fact that, like, he still is kind of out of place. But, like you said, they just said, bro, I don't care about the fit, bro. We're just going to go out there. We're going to hoop and then push come to shove. Like you said, late fourth quarter – Give me the ball, and I'm gonna take us home because that's mm-hmm. what happens. Like they, and they, they've had impressive wins. Like I said, beat the Nuggets, broke their or make, give them their first loss. Yep, gave um Celtics their first loss. Two really good teams. So, no, nah, they're they're legit, bro. They are definitely legit. And Ant is is here. We talked about it with the breakout players in the offseason. Ant is here, bro. Right. Combo who runs another NBA podcast. Shout out to him. He tweeted earlier. He asked, who is the Timberwolves best big? And I replied to him and I said, if we're talking specifically, like looking at this from the Timberwolves perspective with this roster, with this team, like right now you have to say Rudy, like the Mm. defensive impact. He's top three in the league in rebounds, which is what you're always expected for him. Elite defense, elite rebounding. That is what you're getting at the highest levels. Like some of the best rim protection that, generationally we've ever seen uh, at the same time like we mentioned cat doesn't the puzzle piece doesn't seem to fit perfectly there right if we're talking purely in a vacuum just off of talent i feel like consensusly it might not be i mean i say consensus but a lot of people are going to just say cat because of the offensive talent is just so far beyond oh, talent was yeah right even when he was the only center it wasn't like they were the it wasn't free. It was like they were the worst defense ever. Right. And we just talked about they have perimeter defenders, you know, around him and guys like Jaden McDaniels and Anthony Edwards. Now Mike Conley's still, you know, veteran can play defense, point of attack. Like I think that in a vacuum you take Cat, but like if you're looking at this team as a roster, where it is right now, like you take Rudy and they're seven and two despite that. And so it's like. Do you think that they should try to go test the market, see what they can get for Carl Anthony Towns? Do you try to find a better fit there and maybe just recoup some draft capital that you know they lost um, yeah. and, and making the Rudy Gobert trade? Like, What is the best course of action? Because at the same time, you kind of run the risk of like, yeah, it looks funky, but at the end of the day, if it ain't broke, why fix it? Which is kind of how they got into this position in the first place by making the Rudy Gobert trade. I mean, yeah. The thing is, I do. I still feel like though, come playoff time, that problem is going to arise a little bit more. Like when you know, in the actual series, when people actually, you know, lock in and game plan against you and try to find your weaknesses, mm-hmm. I still feel like that's going to show up. So you could like be a little pro proactive and then move off from like obviously like this season before you get to that point. But I do agree, you do run the risk of like, bro, it's working right now. You don't you don't know if you really want to shake stuff up. Like you never honestly, you never truly know, bro. There's people like we even said like with the, the, the hardened trade before it happened, like, oh yeah, that, that's gonna be a good trade. You know, that's solid for the Clippers. Now look at it, like it looks terrible. So you never as much as you think you know fits and how things would work out, you never truly know until that person gets on the other team and you get the pieces back. But I I think 
it's a risk I'd be willing to look at because I just I feel like come playoff time that problem is definitely going to show up a little bit, and then at that point it's too late. You know what I mean? So it's it's something to consider. I'd say that. Yeah, because that that's been like a a hot topic of discussion around like NBA Twitter recently is if like a lot of people feel like he is if like the next star that's going to get moved is it feels mm-hmm. like it's almost inevitable at this point in a lot of people's eyes that's going to be cat. Um, and I don't know, like, like you said, I don't know. I would be hesitant just because we saw what happened when they felt like they made an unnecessary trade and getting Rudy Gobert and yeah. kind of put them in this position and, Look, if they're in a spot right now where, like we just said, and it's like it don't matter, he's just gonna play above that. I don't know if I want to touch that right now. Like it looks I, I, good. I, I definitely hear what you're saying. I think it's the only reason why I think it's a little bit different is because you're trading away someone rather than get, like trading for a big name, giving up mm-hmm. all these picks. But at the end of the day, yeah, I would have to see what the return would be first. So before, like you know, you make a, a judgment, but completely understand what you're saying. Like cause you. You never know. It, they can make the trade, and then the Timberwolves could get significantly worse. Like, you you really never know. Very true. Um, we're going to keep it out, West. One more team that I want to talk about, um, a team that has surprised a lot of people, myself included. I didn't think that they were going to come out, like, definitely not like this, this early. Um, sitting at 6-3 and three on the season is the Houston Rockets, who just <laughs> beat the defending champion Denver Nuggets last night to give them their second loss of the season. Um, and they're on a, this is a six game, like start season 0 three and have not lost since then. Um, and these are not terrible teams. Like they play the Hornets. They beat the Hornets once they beat the Kings twice. Then they 30 piece the Lakers. They beat Man. the Pelicans by three. Now they beat the Nuggets by three. So it's like you can't you can't even make the argument that they just were beating up on bad competition. There are good teams in there. The defending champs are in there. Um, and look, this team is playing defense. We knew that Ime Udoka was going to come in and have these guys playing. I didn't know it was going to be like this this fast. They are playing defense. Dylan Brooks, the shooting. I don't. It's I thought it was there. gonna. I thought it was gonna cool off after the first, you know, four or five games. Like, bro, he's from like sixty percent from three. This ain't gonna stay. He's still sitting at fifty three percent from three. I can he hover above forty? Like, this is crazy to think of. Like, this is ridiculous, bro. This makes no sense, bro. I feel like we were the biggest Rockets guys all offseason. Even us were like, bro, what right? Is this? <laughs> I was. I, I would not have imagined. Like to me, it was like this is gonna be a team that's like. You know, they could put, they got to push for the plan. Like, we, we talked right. about it with Noah. It was like, that's just where they're at in the rebuild. They had to go out, they had to spend the money, they had to bring guys in. Like, now's the time where you make that push. It's playing looking like, why are we underselling ourselves right now? <laughs> like, Thanks. who need to worry about seven through 10 seed? We could try to get a top six seed the way that they're playing right now. And that's Not a back. valid argument for them. I think a lot of it has to do with A, their leading scorer right now is Al P, which I think is perfect. I don't know if it necessarily is going to stay that way. I wouldn't be surprised if Jalen Green, you know, gets that uptick and, and passes him. But what I do like to see and what I've seen a lot more on this six-game win streak versus that three-game loss streak to start the season is it feels like there are so many more possessions where he touches the ball. Like, it it feels like especially having a guy, and a veteran like Fred out there running your one, understanding that, 
Ime knows, I think most fans know, I even just Rocket fans, NBA fans understand that. Alperen Sengun is a legitimate hub. He can be the hub for your offense. So thing, good things happen if he's able to touch the ball in the post on possessions. And they are able to do a lot off of that in terms of working with spacing, in terms of backdoor cuts. Um, in terms of him just being able to score out of the post, he's a very good post scorer. Um, and like I said, he credit to him as well on the defensive side of the ball. It's holding his own a lot better than he did last year. There's a lot of possessions where, like I said, down the stretch, Jokic turns it on. They banging and he ain't moving as much as I thought he was going to. He's holding his ground. He got a couple of turnovers off of him. So, look, Ime has these guys playing great. Um, Dylan Brooks, the shooting volume is down and the percentages are up, which is, hey, that was probably most of the complaint from Grizzlies fans. It's like, we ain't saying you never got to shoot, but who gave you the green light to shoot? Nine threes. threes, right? Yeah, Eight like, threes, what are we nine doing? threes. <laughs> now he's only averaging a little over three a game. That feels more his speed. Let's let's keep that there. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but look, and on top of this, Amen Thompson has been hurt for I think the last five or six games. Cam Whitmore is in the G right now. Like, right. There could be more coming later in the year. On the way. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> hey, this Rockets team, hey, shout out to y'all. This Houston team, I know it's been rough. I know it's been rough the last couple of years, but y'all Rockets fans, y'all got a good one to email. Y'all doing it the right way. And uh, I'm impressed, bro. I'm, I'm really impressed by what I see with them. 100%, man. It's crazy. Like, they they really just got more serious. That's what it was. They, mm-hmm. they just got them more more serious. And we talked about it before. Eme coming in there was going to be huge for them because he was going to get those guys balled in on the defensive end or the defensive side of the ball. Um, pl- like not playing like an AAU team, like you said, playing through Shingun, playing through your best player, which is like what you should have been doing in the first place. But they were trying to lose anyway, so it really didn't matter. Mm-hmm. Now when you're in a position where like, well, we have no reason to lose, we're going to come out here and try to win every game. They're just playing more serious, and it shows on the court because, like you said, they're beating good teams, not like they're just beating up on bums. They look good, and, man, we we know ball because we called it. Like, we've been the Rockets guys the offseason. Like, come on, man. You right. You would have been ahead of the curve if you'd been listening to the podcast. That's what yeah, I got to say. You'd have exactly. been ahead of you'd have been, This wouldn't be a surprise to you. You know what I'm saying? Right. Maybe this. This is a little bit of a surprise to us. But you would have <laughs> known that they was at least like, all right, cool. They weren't going to be – last year they weren't going to look like an aau team they were going to be a little bit more serious so i mean like i said certain things probably will cool down though like um like dylan brooks is not gonna shoot this one 54 percent from three is crazy it's not it's not staying up there but i do think like bro he has a legitimate shot to shoot over 40 percent from three this year if he keeps hey. his volume in check like i said living around three to four threes a game that feels good for him He's reigning all defensive team player. He still plays elite defense. And if he's giving you 15, 16 a night on 40% from three with elite defense. That's an elite role player. This contract looked kind of good, bro. Like, yeah, no, it looks great. That's an elite role. Like, because like, what more can you ask out of like a role player? It's anything like, bro, out of that, we talking about it. This is like your third option, 20 a night. Like, bro, facts. you know what I'm saying? Like, facts, facts. And it's funny because, I mean, honestly, you. He playing this way, he could say whatever he want to whoever he want at this point. And it's funny because we all we was like, yo, bro, what if he goes to the Rockets and he start hooping? <laughs> this is really and that's go. what happens, bro. That's what happens. And then it's even funnier how the Grizzlies are so bad. <laughs> the Grizzlies in turn are so bad, bro. But what was what was what did they say? 
Uh, oh yeah, we would not be bringing him back under, under no any circumstances. Yeah. Under no circumstances. Now they like, please come back under any circumstance, please. <laughs> Yo, no, nah, this is it, this is funny, man. But yeah, no, shout out to the Rockets. They they're doing anything. It's good for them, though. Definitely good for them. Big time. Emay's doing big things in, in Houston. So shout out to them for sure. Last team I do want to touch on. I know I said the Rockets are gonna be the last one, but I we we gotta touch on the Bucks just just a little bit real quick. I'm um, cool with that. Let's do it. What's what, what's going on? What's going on here, bro? What's, what's going what, on in Milwaukee? They can't guard me and you. <laughs> that's, that's the problem, bro. They can't guard at all, bro. And you should have known when they said, yo, uh, why am I blanking on Buddy's name on the Lakers, the shooter? Oh, why am I blanking on his name? The guy who they was like, he's going to take on the toughest assignment every night. The one they signed, I was on the Lakers last year. Beasley, there we go. I don't oh, know Malik Beasley. Oh, Malik Beasley. I don't know I'm why thinking I on the Lakers on right now. Okay, okay. No, 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 I don't know why I was blanking on his name. I was like, yeah, Malik Beasley's going to take on the toughest assignment every night. Bro, he. Okay. <laughs> okay. His, did you see the clip where uh, he's yes. guarding Tyrese? Tyrese you know, yes. the screen right. Hey, nobody coming. Screen right here. Screen right here. <laughs> blue pass. But he like he's controlling die, bro. Like he just didn't move. I'm like, bro, what are you doing? But it, as soon as they seen that though, that should have been a cause of concern because I watched Malik Beasley last year. I'm like, he's gonna take on your best, the, the best, their best player. Good luck. Good luck. But. I'd say that that was the biggest concern coming into the season, though, was like, yo, who who's guarding on the perimeter? They got rid of Drew. Um, was it, uh, Middleton's not a great defender, but whatever. He's they, definitely he, not the defender he used to be since the injuries. That's It's not there exactly. the same way. Exactly. So it's like, who do you really have that can guard on the perimeter? Like, yeah, on the back end, uh, you guys still have Brooks, you still have Giannis as a weak side, like, help defender, but. I on thought that would be enough. I really did. I was. I like, did too. Yeah. At the end of the day, the Damianis pick and roll I thought was going to be super lethal. That pick and roll has not been utilized. Like there are random NBA duels, like like Pat Bev and Joel Embiid run more pick and rolls this year than Damianis, which is like that, that does not make point. sense. That was the int- right. Like I don't know if some of that has to do with Terry Stotts. You know, quitting before the season started, he got into it with their head coach. Like. And Terry Stotts is Dame's guy. Like he was, I thought was going to be like almost like a translator between the head coach and him. Like they had all their time together in Portland. I don't know if that has to play a part in it, but the offense in terms of what they are looking to get to in sense sets doesn't look the same. And the biggest thing I think you pointed out, bro, the point of attack defense bad, bro, to the point where like it's negating insane performances. There is no world where Giannis should be able to put up 54 and 12 and lose. Like, that's crazy that you lose a game when somebody's putting up 54 points. We when bro, first week of the season, we talking about how the heck the Zach Levine put up 51 and lost to the Pistons. Right. We got to keep the same energy. You put up 54, obviously the Pacers are not the Pistons, but either way, 54 point performance in a loss. He's got to get help on either side of the ball, really, because in this game, I mean, Lillard wasn't playing. Middleton was the next closest guy with 19, 13 from Malik Beasley on not great efficiency from the field. Like, the point of attack defense has to get better, and I don't know what that adjustment is. Like, Pat Connaughton isn't that guy. It's never been his role. He's also been a guy that's usually been a corner player really on both sides of the ball, more of a wing, never had to be up in actions to that extent, like a guy like Drew Holiday was. 
But again, they kind of have a similar problem with uh, like the Clippers were like, Aside from the picks they just traded for, like they don't have a ton of stuff that they can just flip. This isn't nah. this isn't a KOT four Q video. They can't just <laughs> flip these assets <laughs> like crazy. Like Thanks. this is kind of what they're gonna have to look like. So I don't know, bro. I don't know. It's gonna be interesting. Uh, yeah, I just think the yeah, it's a little bit tough because the roster's somewhat flawed as far as the defensive side of the ball. And it's low key when you kind of think about it. It's kind of. I'm not gonna say like it was a huge flaw last year, but even when we really think about it, right? Drew Holiday was the perimeter defender, like he was the guy. When you got into the playoffs against the Heat, it's like Drew Holiday is a great perimeter defender. He was too small to guard Jimmy though, mm-hmm. and it's like besides Drew, you you have no answer, and that's why Jimmy was going off on y'all because y'all really have no other option. And then now you get rid of Drew, now it's like you really have nobody, so it's like you you can't guard a parked car. So then if you're offense, if you're just not out here, you know, just lighting the world on fire, outscoring everybody, you're probably going to lose the game. No matter how good of a player you got in Giannis, no matter how good of a duo you have in Giannis and Dame. And then if they're not, like like you said, not running the pick and rolls, not playing to the way we thought they would play, granted it's still like early into the season. Mm-hmm. It, that's the reason why your record is what it is and why you haven't looked as great. But, I mean – Cause I like the only reason why when we were talking about like Bucks versus Celtics, like who do you have? Like we kept saying like bro, it's Giannis and Dame. Like we just kept saying that. Right. So like at the end of the day, like if I'm a Bucks fan, I'm still banking on like bro, we just we have the second best player in the world. Some people could argue first, you'd be wrong, but like still, and Damian Lillard, who's a top seventy five player, you could just figure it out at the end of the day. But it's gonna be tough moving forward, and you're gonna have to. Definitely going to have to see some sort of change. I, I don't know what it would be, but it got to be something. Someone on this bench is going to have to step up in a meaningful way. I kind of had an inkling like it would be Marjan Bochamp. Like, he's got the size, paused with 6'7", like 200 pounds, like lengthy forward. He's known for being athletic defense, fast guy, you know, playing pace transition. Like, I kind of thought it might have been him. I don't know if that's necessarily the answer right now, but like, Someone has got to step up, like, even with Dame there. Like we said, the, the point of attack thing was an issue last season. It didn't really get addressed this year. And that is only going to be worse when you get into tighter games, like when right. it comes down to slower pace, especially when you get to the playoff, like the game slows down. It becomes so much more of a half-court game than it is typically. Um, and you need to have good point of attack defense or you're going to get torched. So, like I said – I. I think they'll figure the offense out. They better between the two of them. But defensively, real question marks. Real question marks in Milwaukee. Big time. Um, with that, though, let's get into our early season power rankings. This is going to be part one. I don't know how often we're going to do these, but I'm going to keep a running tab of what our power rankings are so we can see how they fluctuate throughout the year. Um, so this is going to be our first edition power rankings 1.0. We're just doing top five. Um, with, with maybe an honorable mention or two, because I low-key got two because it was tough to cut it to five. But mm-hmm. um, you want to start with the whoever you're – if you have a, you have an honorable mention team. I don't. I, I didn't, honestly. Oh, okay. I'll oh, throw man. mine out real quick. At like 6A, 6B, <laughs> I, I, I got the Oklahoma City Thunder and I got the Houston Rockets. We already talked about the Rockets a ton, so I'm going to leave that be. Um, but the Thunder, hey, they're here, bro. They are here. They are. Mm-hmm. Big, big win against the Suns last night um, where I still think no Bradley Beal right in this one, but it was, I think it was KD, uh, or not, no Bradley Beal, no Devin Booker. No Booker, yeah. yeah. We got yeah. Bradley Beal. 
We got Kevin Durant. They can't guard. They can't guard Shay. Who can guard Shay, bro? Nobody can guard Shay. <laughs> Shay got 35. Jalen Williams got 31. Chet out here with the elite defense, still giving you 18, 6, and 4 with two blocks with all the unicorn-like stuff that you'd like to see from him. Josh Giddy with a double-double, 10 points, 10 assists, 6 rebounds. Lou Dort bringing the defensive intensity like he always does. Like, this is what we were hoping to see from this team after all these years of tanking and you shut Shea down after, like, February so that you can get a good lottery pick and they're just trading for picks and trading for picks. This is the end result, and, like, it's finally culminating. It feels like they are arriving, like, before our eyes. So shout-out to them. They got some big wins on the season. They look good. They're a fun team to watch. If they're not one of your league pass teams, they should be for sure. I love watching OKC. That's, like, that might be, like, I don't know. Do they keep track of, like, your most watched teams? They should. They really should. They would be – they'd need number two. If league pass did, like, an end-of-the-year rap, like, Spotify or Apple Music, dude, that would be fire. That would be so hard. But they would, for me, they'd be number two behind the Lakers. Like, I watch them all the time. I love watching the OKC. But if, yeah, if I had an article mention, that's what it would have been. I couldn't really think of no one else. Um, but yeah, I mean, for me, number five, it's tough because I was flipping between this one and number four um, is the Mavericks. <clears throat> I have the Mavericks number five just because, listen, Luca finally came into the season the way he should come into the season in shape, like hooping, playing like a top five player that we know he is. Like, that and along with the fact that you know they actually have pieces around him that fit better can cover up some of the weaknesses that they've had for I feels like forever, um, especially last year when they missed the whole play-in, which was still crazy. But we <laughs> we see what it looks like when you have Luca playing at his best. You have still we still have Kyrie there, and then you have an actual competent roster around you. Now you have a really good team, like they're being able to score with pretty much anybody in the league at any point. Luca is like you said on every. On pretty much a lot of nights, he is the best player on the floor, and it's not even close. Mm-hmm. That, along with having a good team around you, this team is for sure a top-five team right now. Record says it, too. The, I'll, I'll share my reasons as to why I have the other team ahead of them, but for now, I'll put them number five. I've got them at five as well for basically all the same reasons that you said, bro. Luca, if the season ended right now, today would be the MVP. I think – I don't know if he's necessarily runaway. To me, he'd be the MVP – He's playing out of his mind. Like, bro, he's averaging almost 33, eight and a half rebounds, eight and a half assists. Like, that is crazy. Kyrie's had a couple of master classes already this year. And it feels like, eh, I don't want to necessarily say that he's more comfortable off the ball, but that fit looks better. And I don't know if it's partially just like you said, because of the additions that they've made, like the team as a whole just feels better. Last mm-hmm. night, I can't remember who they were playing off the top of my head. I'll look really quick. Um, the Pelicans, it was a close game in like the third quarter. And then I look up, Luca hit a step back three. And then I look down for a second. I hear the announcer, Tim Hardaway, three, Tim Hardaway, three, Kyrie, three, Luca. And it hit like seven threes in a row. It was just like bro, an avalanche. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what we knew this team could do with the pieces that they had last year. But I'm surprised that more people weren't higher on the Maverick. I think a lot of people were not that moved by, the Grant Williams signing or um, them bringing in guys like Derek Jones Jr. Der- drafting Derek Live. Like, I feel like a lot of people were like, eh, it's still going to be the same team. I think both of us were on the track. Like that did a lot of addressing what their yes. needs were. Um, mm-hmm. And so I'm seeing people take victory laps for the Mavericks being as good early. I don't know if I need to jump on that bandwagon. Right. <laughs> um, 
but no, uh, they are my five team for the same reasons. Um, eight and two on the season, playing phenomenal basketball. They haven't played the toughest schedule, but look, at the end of the day, they ain't make the schedule. Um, That's so nice. Definitely, definitely shout out to them and shout out to Luca. Came into the season the right way. Um, and, and he's showing why he is one of the best young players. Not a young player, one of the best players. players. He's one of the best players <laughs> in, the, in the association. Uh, who uh, you got as your four spot? Uh, four, I have the Timberwolves. Um, okay. I have the Timberwolves at four. Just And the reason why I do have them ahead of the maps is because of what we talked about before the key wins, the big wins, like like first L uh, to the Nuggets, giving the first L to the Celtics. Like, that was huge for me. So that's the reason why I have them number four. I'm not going to go too in-depth about it. We pretty much talked about it a lot on this episode already. Ant's playing well. Um, J.D. McDaniels is playing great. The defense is there. Rudy's playing great. Uh, de- rebounding, defending. Cat is a little out of place, but like you said, still giving you 20 a night. Like, they're a solid team. They're playing great right now. They got some huge wins against some really good teams. So I got them number four. Number four is actually where I have the Boston Celtics. Okay. Um, and look, they they still, to me, have one of – I'm not even going to say one of – I think they have the most versatile roster in the NBA in I, terms yeah. of just being able to play so many different styles. If you want to play a fast-paced game, they can do that. If you want to slow it down in the half court, they can do that. They have some of the best isolation scorers. They have some of the best pick-and-pop players. They have a good pick-and-roll game. They can – like we need to get scrappy. It needs to become a big defensive battle. We can do that too. Like they have so many different ways that there's not just one recipe to put together for them to get a win. Um, and that's, you know, been on display, you know, early on in the season, we've seen multiple different guys show out and have good games for them, um, which has been the MO for this team, like bringing in the pieces that they did and guys like Drew, the kind of, and Chris Stapps and like the breakout kind of of Derek White in his role last year, um, loving, loving what I see from the Celtics is exactly what I was expecting from them. And like, if it happened right now today, seven game series against the Bucks, Celtics clear like pretty Not easily. Right now, um, yeah. And like, maybe it's a little unfair. They've got more continuity across the board, but I mean, hey, bro, they've had Drew and Chris Tapps as long as Dame been with with Giannis. So I don't know, I don't know, yeah. but. uh yeah, they, uh, I have them in my four spot, and I think I have the Timberwolves flip-flop with them, and a lot of that was really just because I saw what Ant did to, to, to Jason. Yeah. I don't know listen, if I can put him behind for that. Bro, I listen, honestly, my list is going to sound like – I'm going to have to explain myself. but I'll, yeah, Three, I have the 76ers. And granted, it's, it's going to sound crazy uh, how I have the Celtics and the 76 or Celtics ahead of the Sixers and the Timberwolves, even though Celtics lost to both, both, of, both those of those teams. teams. <laughs> I know it's, it's going to sound crazy, but that's also why I kind of asked you like, all right, is it strictly just who's playing the best now? Or is it like mm-hmm. baked in with some of like the preseason notion, like all that's baked in for me. And at the end of the day, like you said, matter of fact, I was about to get into the, the Celtics. I'll talk about them afterwards. I have the Sixers number three. Um, obviously, could be way higher. Like, don't get me wrong. Could be definitely be way higher. They're playing great. We talked about it. They did this addition by subtraction. And we talked about it. When they were playing good, before they even traded hard, and was like, bro, honestly, should they even try to get a star back? Should they just get pieces to fit better with around Maxi and Joel B? And that's what they got. And they look great. They look like a great, well-run team. Um, Joel's doing, I mean, he's doing MVP things. They're not really too surprised about that, but Maxi has been playing like an all NBA caliber player. Um, they got some pieces back that just fit with the team. Like they have a really good roster as far as construction wise. And they're, they're playing good basketball. Like there's nothing really bad I could say about the Sixers. Mm-hmm. Um, when I get into my number two, I'll explain why I have, you know, the Celtics higher, but for now I just got the 76ers at three. 
Yeah, and then like I said, I have it flipped. I have the Timberwolves at three. Um, <clears throat> not gonna spend too much time on it. We talked about them earlier, and you just you know kind of talked about them. But yeah, look, the defense is elite. They've overcome what I thought was gonna be the awkward fit. Um, Anthony Edwards, he's here, bro. He's here yeah. in full effect. Like I said, we want to talk about the best elite two-way players. You got to put his name in that that conversation. Can't happen without him anymore. Hundred percent, hundred percent. And um, for me too, I have the Celtics. Um, I like I said, it's gonna sound crazy because the six. That's your your number two Celtics number two. Yeah, that's my two. Okay. Yeah, I have them number two strictly because of the, I, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, they lost to those two teams. Yeah, but they still have won a lot of games. They're still look like a really good team, and really because of what you said, bro. They're so versatile, bro. They can win in so many different ways. They have so many elite defenders on that team. Like you, and any given night, they could have like what five or six players go off for them on any given night. And it's like that, along with the defense, is not just offensively. I just I don't know if if I'd say like if it was a playoff series against the Sixers or the Timberwolves, I think I just trust the the Celtics more right now. So you can say it's kind of just like. A lot of a lot of it is like preseason notion or just like how I feel about the Celtics, and I'm fine with admitting that. But um, just right now, I, I feel like I just trust the Celtics a little bit better. But I would not blame anybody for like like your list. I don't blame you for having them four at all. Like I don't blame you for having the Timberwolves or the 76ers higher than them. Right, and like bro, I, we would be splint hairs if you're trying to really like get at it. Like, <laughs> at the end of the day, all these teams, bro, if they got <clears throat> thrown into a bracket right now, it'd be a bloodbath. It would be a bloodbath. <laughs> if so it, I, I'm not gonna sit up here and be like, "How is that your number two team?" Like, <laughs> I, all of these teams have really good arguments to be up near the top of the league, which is why they're in the power rankings for a reason. Yeah. Um, I have the Celtics at or not Celtics, the 76ers um, in my two spot. Mm-hmm. Um, Joel Embiid, he, he looked like he trying to go back to back. He came into the season again, looking determined. He's averaging 32 and 11, um, with two blocks and almost six assists too. just low key with a 1.5 assist to turnover ratio, which is not the greatest, but at the end of the day, bro, six assists out of Joel, that's not bad. Um, the combination between him and Tyrese and like really just Tyrese's jump, like he didn't even feel like a guy that should be eligible for most improved player. Like, how are you Facts. How are you most improved? You're a 20 point per game scorer. You're already here. But right. we're talking about he could be averaging almost nine more points from last season to this season. That might be most improved legitimately. Like, he really could have just made the jump from, like, fringe all-star to legitimate all-NBA caliber player. Um, it feels like he's going to be a clear-cut all-star this year. But like I said, these – those numbers average almost 29 a night. Just put up a 50-piece against Indiana. We have to be talking a little bit bigger than All-Star. Um, the defense for them has looked great. Um, guys are coming in, and they're, they're starting to bring in some of those guys from that, that Clippers trade. I've seen Batum being able to get some minutes. Um, so I, I like where this team is go- going. I like the trade I said in the first place because it really has allowed Tyrese Maxey to flourish and spread his wings. It gets Tobias Harris a little bit more involved in their offense um, than, than he had been previously with, with James Harden there. So I have the Sixers at two. You can very easily see them at one, but I think we both have the Nuggets. Maybe it's a little biased from last season, but they, yeah. they still look like the defending champions. They're just like, it's nothing to change. Like, it's, it's, I don't care if it sounds boring. Like, it's just... There's no reason for a hot take here. Like they're just they're the nerves. Right. They're that that good. Like Jokic is that good. You know what you're gonna get from them pretty much night in and night out. 
it's no reason to even like <clears throat> overthink it. It's a Nuggets at one. Right. Jokic is averaging 30, 30, almost 14 rebounds and eight assists. You know what's funny? Uh, like with like really great players, bro. You know when they're like getting to that like all time great, like one of the best ever type of players. When like stat lines like that, I'm just like, yeah, that's Jokic. Like, of course, you know what I mean. He could sleepwalk two triple doubles, bro. Like that's that's what I'm saying. And they're gonna like they're always gonna be a top seed. Like that's how you know they're all time great. Like he's always gonna be a top seed. He's mm-hmm. always gonna be in. He's always, always going to have MVP numbers, whether he's in the conversation or not, because of, you know, narrative and all, all that right. side stuff. He's always going to be there. Like, and you don't even, it almost becomes like so repetitive that it comes like boring almost. Like, that's how you know when they're at that level. But, like, that's mm-hmm. how you got with like LeBron when he was in his prime. It's like, yeah, like they're great. He's great. Right. MVP. Like, like it's so Voter used to fatigue. That stuff. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You get so used to that stuff. So that, that's how you know he's, he's reaching that level for sure. Yeah, but the Nuggets look. They're, um, Jamal Murray is going to be out for I think rest of November is what like it sounds month. like. Yeah, rest um, of which is tough with that hamstring injury. Like we said, <clears throat> two losses on the year: one to the Timberwolves, um, and then one to the Rockets last night um, in, in a tough game down to the wire. Um, but look, this Nuggets team—they still look like the defending champions, despite you know the departures of guys who were key to their rotation last year um, in Bruce Brown. Um, and then Jeff Green, who also look shout out to him in that Rocks game. He helped close out that game against the Nuggets. Um, so shout out to him. He's still hooping. He's got to be in like what year fifteen or sixteen now. After this is like year six after open heart surgery. Yeah, this um, is crazy. His story is crazy. Um, but the team looks great. You're getting guys to step up. Reggie Jackson has impressed me, uh, having to step into that starting role. I'm seeing him aggressive. Taking shots, shot creation, big threes. Like he looks comfortable out there. Um, I was wondering why he didn't play. Like they didn't really play him last year. Like in the playoffs, I was too. And I, I guess it wasn't needed. Like when you trim the rotation down to that point, and then like when mm-hmm. they really needed a secondary ball handler outside of Jokic, like it kind of did fall into Bruce Brown's hands yeah. at times, which made a lot of sense because he has the capability to do that, which is why he got paid so so nicely <laughs> by Indiana. Mm-hmm. Um, but look, guys like Christian Brown, we knew we were going to step up. Payne Watson, Julian Strother, Colin Gillespie, like there's some young guys here who are coming in and making some good contributions for this team coming in. Got hot shooting. They're playing good defense. Payne Watson, I'm loving what I'm seeing from him. Like he's just the energy, the hustle, the defensive instincts are there. Um, Him and Christian Brown, like they have a nice little wing tandem there. That's, you know, a nice young core that they can continue to lean on um, throughout this championship window for them. So I think that's why we we both have the Nuggets in the one spot because – they still look like a team that won the championship last year. And if that was good enough for last year, it might be good enough for this year. Yeah, man. It's annoying as a Lakers fan. It's annoying. <laughs> but, yeah, there's Greg Ray, Jokic, yeah, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Sick of uh, shit, man. But, yeah, that's, that's, our, that's our first edition of the Power Rankings. Like I said, we're going to keep them. Um, we're going to do a couple more editions. I don't know how frequently, but we're, we're definitely going to keep doing those throughout the season. And I'll keep tabs. I might make a little graphic of, like, where yeah. we're ranking, where people, you know, highest risers, highest fallers. Right. See what um, changes. All right. Throughout the throughout the season. So that's going to be fun. Um, before we get into our midseason NFL awards, we're going to shout out the sponsor, SeatGeek. Um, again, like we said, everything is in full effect right now. NBA, NFL, if you're going to either one of those games, SeatGeek is the place to go for your tickets. 
on the app, they are going to grade all of the seats that are available in the arena or stadium. Um, and everything is going to be rated on a scale from zero to 10. Anything that you're going to see probably above a seven is going to be in the green. You're going to know that you're going to get great value for your money. And that works for not just sporting events, but concerts as well. You know, Drake and J. Cole just announced the tour today. People are going to be looking for those tickets. Go ahead and find you some good tickets on SeatGeek. And when you do go to check out, be sure to use code off the glass, all one word for $20 off your first SeatGeek order. We said it before, bro, parking at some of these venues, bro, it's not cheap. Go ahead and save you a little bit of money. Use code off the glass for $20 off your first SeatGeek order. With that, we're going to get into our midseason NFL award picks. Like I said earlier in the show, I do have our preseason picks pulled up for comparison as we go through these. Some of them were, I, I, I'm sticking with some of mine. Some of them are like so far gone out the window. <laughs> it's like, dang, I can't believe it fell that way. But Thanks. it happens. That's what happens. You, you're never going to be able to predict anything right in any sport. That's part Just of the game. That's why I don't do futures bets, bro. Right. Like, you don't know what happens, bro. Bro, and the odds <laughs> don't be feeling like, you feel like you got to put up like three, $400 to get like meaningful bread out. And you have to wait the whole season. So the whole like, season. And right. anything can change. Like, nah, bro. I need the odds to be like something crazy for me to be able to bet futures, bro. Like, could you imagine you got somebody that's a front runner for MVP? It's like four games left in Carson Wentz season. Jalen Hurts front last runner, year. Right, front runner for MVP. Get Hurts with like five games left. Yeah. Now you got to sit done. here. You sitting here looking at your $500 bet, and it's just waiting pending. You know it's not going to hit. Bro, that's the worst. Yeah, that would piss me off. Facts. Let's get into it. Um, let's start with Coach of the Year. Um, I'll go first since I know you started off the power rankings. My preseason pick for Coach of the Year was Dan Campbell, and I'm sticking with it. I think he still has a very fair case to win it. Um, he's got that Detroit team playing phenomenally. Um, I would run through a brick wall for Dan Campbell right now. <laughs> um, they're sitting at seven and two, um, in sole possession of the NFC North, um, which aside from the, the Vikings being on this crazy hot streak that they're on right now would be a pretty clear runaway for them in the division. Um, I don't really have faith that the Vikings can catch them, but, um, either way, look, this, this Lions team is one of the best teams in the NFC um, they're playing great. They're finding ways to win games. This offense looks explosive. The defense steps up when they need to. Um, so, so I'm sticking with Dan Campbell as my coach of the year. Yeah, <clears throat> definitely a solid pick for sure. Um, uh, my coach of the year before the season was Doug Peterson with the Jacksonville Jaguars. And if I had to like season ended today, I think it also would be Dan Campbell. Um, but I still I, I have hope for Doug Peterson. I think the Jags I gotta really look at their schedule uh moving forward, but they're still even with the loss, I think it was what six and three. They're six and three. I don't got hope for them, but they are six and three. Yeah. They, I mean they could honestly they haven't been playing as I thought they would play. Like, I didn't think their offense isn't playing as like great as I thought it was gonna look. If ETN was not going crazy the last couple of weeks like he had been, this would be a wildly different record, bro. Hundred percent, but I, that's why I say I gotta see their schedule because even, right now they're still six and three. I don't know yeah. what their schedule looks like. If they have an easy schedule going down the stretch, which I'm pretty sure they do, they can still rack up a bunch of wins and have a good enough record at the end to where like he might get some nods. But if I had to really pick, he he wouldn't be obviously he wouldn't be the favorite for me. It'd probably be Dan Campbell, and if not Dan Campbell, I'd say Nick Sirianni, just because the Eagles still winning games eight and one. 
winning close games. A lot of you see a lot of teams that can't pull out those close games. I feel like they're they're winning every single close game. So you gotta give them the nod to I'd say those two people. Yeah, I think that that's fair. Um, let's go on to, to comeback player of the year. You looked up the odds before this one, said DeMar Hamlin is still the odds-on favorite, which has not recorded a stat this year. I don't know if you can win the award legally without playing. <laughs> right. Like, again, I'm not story aside, like, yes, he deserves the award a thousand times out of a thousand. Right. But, like, I feel like you have to play let's be <laughs> for, for the real, award bro. to, to you know. <laughs> So, again, I'm going to ride with my preseason pick still, which is Russell Wilson. Like, the Broncos very sneakily, like, a little two-game win streak. (laughs) Beat the (laughs) Chiefs. Beat the Packers. um, About to play the Bills tonight on Monday Night Football, who we know the Bills have had an up-and-down season. It's in Buffalo. And, man, mess around with that one. Lee got to be on notice at that point. They can't fly under the radar after that. And if they win that game, look, they're sitting at four and six, uh, right? Or no, four and five. They'd be tied with the Chargers for third place, one game back of Vegas for second place, or half game back of Vegas for second place in the AFC West. It's not a bad spot. And Russ's numbers this year have been much improved from last season. Um, he's sitting at 1,600 yards on 66% completion percentage, 16 touchdowns, four interceptions. I don't even know if he threw 16 touchdowns last year, to be honest with you. I don't he think might he not. did. I don't think he did. <laughs> I mean, let, me, let me pull that up. Um, 2022, he threw for exactly 16 touchdowns last year. So halfway through the season, we are at his touchdown mark. He threw for 11 picks last year. Um, he's only thrown for four at this point in the season. Over six, uh, almost six percent higher um, in his completion percentage, um, and just around half of the yardage already from last year. So, um, and an uptick of was this like sixteen or seventeen in in a quarterback rating. Um, so I'm I'm comfortable saying Russ, partially because, like I said, when we did this in the preseason, it could only go up because last year was bad. So. That's if facts. comeback player is just about you had a bad year and then you had a better year, hey, he's doing it. So I'm I'm riding with that pick to at least hold on to two of my preseason selections because the rest of them are, are pretty much chalk. Fair enough, man. You better be. I I'm not holding on to none of my preseasons. Like all of mine is done for, but with a good reason though. Like even this one, like all right, my comeback player of the year. Clearly, you see, I was riding with the Jaguars because my comeback player of the year was Calvin Ridley. Yeah. I've been trying to trade him in fantasy for weeks. I'll take him. I ain't paying nothing for him, but I'll take him. <laughs> but nah, it's, it's, it's been uh, – it was Calvin Ridley, and then I also had Lamar. Um, but I feel like actually Lamar is kind of graduating to the MVP conversation. I know I know they lost um, this, this past weekend, but he's still in that conversation because no one's actually running away with it. Uh, we'll get into that a little bit more. But for comeback player of the year, I actually have Tua because he was hurt a lot, especially down the stretch last Good year. Choice, so I do yeah. have Tua. Um, I believe he's third in the league in passing yards. He's first in passing touchdowns. And for, I believe it's QBR, he's – it's tough because they have all these, like, receivers that threw one touchdown or one pass and now they have a perfect QBR. But I think <laughs> as far as eligible, like, actual quarterbacks, he's second yeah. behind Brock Purdy. So mm-hmm. he's playing well. Numbers are great. Obviously, they haven't really beat, um like, those good teams. But as far as comeback player of the year, or like, 
I don't think that's going to really hold no weight. Like, that was more like a MVP conversation thing. Like, if he was beating right. those teams, he'd be in that MVP convo. But no, because he's not, I believe he'll uh, he'll have a good chance to win comeback player of the year. Yeah, I think I, I, that's probably a more reasonable selection at this point. Like, Russ, I think, might, will probably have to do a little bit more to beat that out. Also because, like, two of his injuries were so prominent. Um, mm-hmm. And he is playing, like, that Miami Dolphins offense like we've talked about is playing at one of the best levels um, in the NFL. Um, and he's orchestrating that. So definitely, definitely a good pick. Um, I think we talked about this a little bit before, but I, I don't know if it qualifies as much because he only played two games in 2022. He only threw 68 passes. Josh Dobbs. Hey, hey man. If, if they had like a breakout award, that Thanks. would be the one. That would be the one clearing away. Clearing Bro. away. He looks good, bro. Like he looks like he don't. I'm, I'm a Steelers fan. We drafted Josh Dobbs. He didn't mm-hmm. look like this, bro. I'm telling you. I'm ha- I'm so happy for him though. Yeah, like, he, se- he seems legitimately like a like a good person, like a good mm-hmm. guy. So I'm I'm happy for him. But like, bro, it's shocking me, bro. Like he, where did this come from? Did like, you see what he said about the day that he got traded in that uh, interview? No, nah, I don't think I've seen it. He talked to Jonathan Gannon like the day before, and he was like. We're gonna start you, and then on Monday he was like in a press conference. Jonathan Gannon said they're gonna start. What's his name? Clayton Toon, the rookie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're like, because we're gearing up for Kyler, and he was like, oh, okay. So I guess I'm not starting. And then Jonathan Gannon told him, you know, broke it down wider, you know, bringing in Clayton because they're about to whatever start Kyler, but they're gonna keep Josh there. He's not gonna get traded. And then his agent calls him that night and is like, hey, you know, you might be moved. And he was like, "Ah, I don't know. They just told me they're not going to move me, but this is a business. I know how that go. And he said the next morning he got the call from his agent. He getting shit back to Minnesota. And it was like they just like flat lied to his face twice. That's crazy, bro. How they could just do that, everyone. Just no get no, don't feel no bad. Because all they all they got to say, that's a business. Right. But as soon as the players start acting up or demanding trade outs, he he a diva, he this, he that. Right. Yeah, he's not a not a team player. Right, yeah. It's so crazy, bro. Sick. So yeah, shout shout out to Jobs. Definitely, bro. Look, these two games in Minnesota are crazy. Three three passing touchdowns, no picks, two rushing touchdowns, um, sixty-seven percent completion percentage and four hundred and twenty-six yards, and beat up on them Saints and Derek Carr. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Listen, man, your hatred for Derek Carr is hilarious, bro. Don't get it's me wrong. Funny. I'm starting to be on your side, too, because when Big J-Bo came in there, a lot of it was getting the ball. So I might be with you, bro. It's funny because it's like, if I'm, if I'm being completely honest, Derek, Derek Carr is not a bad quarterback. There's a lot of quarterbacks that are worse than him. I just feel like not even the contract aside, just where people place him, that's a little too high for my liking. Um, and I thought it was crazy for the Saints to be like, yeah, this is the contract we're going to give him. This is the guy that's going to come in and solve this. Because I was like, I don't know if you watched what I saw in Las Vegas last year, but that feels, I don't want to maybe disrespect him too much, but similar to what Vegas did and then brought in Jimmy G. Like, why are we just recycling QBs that we know are not the answer here? That, yeah, that, on that aspect, I agree with you because it's right. like, bro, the, the whole like bringing in a mid level guy is was never made sense to me, bro. Either trade for a stud or draft a guy, bro. The whole right. let's bring in a guy who's started for eight years and always has been the 18th best quarterback. Stop it. Unless your team is really like, bro, this is a Super Bowl caliber roster. The Niners. 
Right. Unless that is the case, you need to be going in one direction. Facts. You cannot be. But like I said, I think in a lot of people's eyes, Derek Carr, that's not him. He's not no bridge quarterback. He's a franchise guy. He was a franchise guy with the Raiders. I, I'm not saying he's not necessarily a franchise quarterback. I just don't think he's in that tier that a lot of people put him in. Um, yeah. And hey, look, both Las Vegas and New Orleans could end up benching the guys that they brought in to take over those spots. Vegas already did it. And it don't look like Aiden O'Connell is going to be relinquishing that anytime soon because why would he? Mm-hmm. Like, And we may be trending towards that direction. I know a lot of Saints fans who would like to see Derek Carr on the bench at this point because of their offensive struggles, especially in the red zone. What I will say, though, fantasy, bring on J-Bo. Like, he's the GOAT, the greatest ever, especially as a Lave manager. Oh, yeah. Real life, though, if you think (laughs) Derek Carr is not the guy you want to see Jameis Winston in there, be prepared for some throws that have you like. Huh, bro? <laughs> Even the touchdown that he threw, bro, across the field just said mm, and just threw it up. It worked, but like, bro, what are you doing, bro? Gunslinger, he let it go, and that's why, as a non Saints fan, I love it because it's so fun to watch. I respect. He is not leaving any bullets in the chamber. He get he get every shot off. I respect it. He gonna launch it, bro. What it doubt, bro? A lot of down there somewhere. Somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, bro. That's too funny. Yeah, yeah. big J Bo. Uh, uh, let's get back to the to war races. For I, I could I could ramble about the Saints <laughs> for for a while. Um, the next one I, we got is offensive rookie of the year. Um, and I imagine this is like this yeah. might be the most cut and dry award. Like it is. I don't even have a lot to say because I'm gonna save it for another award. Yeah. <laughs> CJ Stroud and like I'm just going to for those of y'all watching or listening make sure y'all understand how ridiculous this stat line is after nine games for a rookie quarterback he has 2,626 yards you said that's that was that top top three in the NFL second Second. in the NFL 15 touchdowns Two interceptions. He has a 101 quarterback rating. And don't get me wrong, though. The whole two interceptions is not like he's dinking and dunking. We said it like he's second in the league in passing yards, and he's, as far as qualified quarterbacks, third in yards per attempt. So he's slinging it. It's, he's not dinking, dunking. No. He's launching it. So his The biggest thing every time I've watched him play this year, live, went back and watched the All-22 he has the decision making that you would expect from a seven, eight, nine year. Bro, there are experienced veteran quarterbacks that he right now today I would take over as a decision maker easily, bro. He just feels like he understands the risk reward for every single pass so much better, mm-hmm. and still knows when it's time to hit the home <clears throat> run. Like it's yes. like you said, it's not like he sacrifices that and he just becomes a check down merchant, like. No, when he's got to throw the the forty yard pass on a rope, it's on a rope on time. Like, bro, this dude tie game against the Bengals, minute thirty left. I trusted him to come through, which is great. Like before anything, I'm game like, oh. nine, and, and literally, and it was like right before he threw like his second only second mistake of the year. We threw a pretty bad pick, and I was like, he's gonna bounce back, and I think he will get them at least in field goal range, and he came through like. But he's not he's not a rookie, bro. He's literally on pace for the best rookie quarterback season ever. Like, it's ridiculous. 
it yeah. it's crazy, bro. It's crazy. And then also when you think about it, aside like Nico Collins has been there. Tank Dell is a rookie, but like Noah Brown, who's come on as of late, Robert Woods, Dalton yeah. Schultz. Schultz. Mm-hmm. These was like. I'm not throwaway is the wrong word, but like at least Noah Brown, Dolan Schultz, like Cowboys were like it, that is like, kind of the right word, right? Like y'all could walk, right? Mm-hmm. Like Robert Woods, a vet, like he been tossed around, mm-hmm. like he making it happen Facts. with guys that apparently these other teams didn't want, and Tank Dell's looking like an absolute stud. They're gonna be a crazy dynamic duo. Him between him and Nico and Tank Dell. And Damian Pierce, I'm hoping, please, <laughs> uh, for for dynasty fantasy purposes. But, um, bro, but at least between the three of them, bro, they have got something cooking in Houston. Um, like, yeah, CJ Stroud is him. We'll, we'll get to that a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Um, who do you have for defensive rookie of the year? Uh, mine is Jalen Carter. It's kind of a runaway. Like he's just been. Like I, my preseason was Will Anderson because I thought that Jalen Carter, with all the other defensive linemen that the Eagles have, with the other twelve All Pro defensive linemen, it seemed like they got that he was like not saying that he wasn't going to be good, but it was just like all right, he kind of had to find his way. Find like he was going to be in the rotation, obviously, but it wasn't like he was going to have those standout numbers and really stand out because the defense as a whole was going to be so good, especially the defensive line. But he said, "Nah, bro, I don't care." Like. I'm the best one of, out of all of us, pretty much. So he he's been amazing. Um, I don't have the stats in front of me, but like obviously he's been great. Um, honestly, I haven't checked on Will Anderson's numbers for the most part. But he hasn't I, come on fully as of yet. Um, yeah. They were even talking about it on the broadcast in that um in the uh, the Bucks game that they played. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's I mean like it's not every rookie comes on at, at the same rate, um, right. but. Like you said, I, I had Jalen Carter there. At, I didn't remember. I, yeah, Jalen Carter was one of my picks for defensive rookie of the year. I had him or Joey Porter. Um, shout, Joey Porter's having Joey a great Porter season, been, too. Yeah, he's been hooping. He's been doing that. Uh, he can't tackle for nothing, though. But coverage-wise, he's been solid. That is true. But, like, some some corners at least give you something, bro. He just can't tackle at all. Hey, more the corner giving you something. I got Jalen Carter here <laughs> as the pick, and I think he probably will win. And, look, the fact – I know we talked about this before, like, him having four sacks, not just with all of the other people that he has to share pass rush reps with, mm-hmm. but to have four sacks halfway through the season as an interior lineman, that's hard to do, bro. That's mm-hmm. hard to do. Like, we, did, did they just, uh, one of the broadcasts were talking about how Quinn Williams has half a sack this year, and that's yeah. not really an indicative how he's having a great season. He has the pressures, he has the hurries, he's being a run, like, he's a menace up front. Just mm-hmm. hard to get sacks when you're yeah. like that's the easiest position to double team. Like you're playing a two two eye head up on a nose three tech whatever. Like those are easier to double team than wide DN stand up edge rushers. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, four sacks is is hard to beat. But getting back to my original point, talking about corners that can hit, bro. I think he's second or third in the the current odds for defensive rookie of the year. Devin Witherspoon. Hey, I, look, I ain't seen number 21 in the Seahawks uniform hit like that since Cam Chancellor. Facts. And at a, as a corner at that, like, to have a guy, not sometimes he's lined up in the nickel. Like, to have a slot corner, like, come in the box and play the run, and it's not even like, ah, uh, he's an ankle tackle guy, he's a dot. Nah. Like, no, I'm head up, mm, like, in the hole. 
Fact. You want to run a, a tunnel screen? You bet, bro. Pray, pray. I'm getting blocked because if you not, I'm taking your head off. You saw Rondell uh, get lit up by with his phone, bro. Bro, he, if like coverage, he's been good, like not the greatest, um, but bro, for I feel like 40 tackles this point in the year uh, from a rookie corner. That's a lot. From a, yeah, from, from a rookie corner, for sure. That's great. That's like, on great. pace for 80 tackles as a corner, as a rookie, that's a lot of tackles, bro. That's the man. Um, they, the Seahawks be finding them, bro. Like, they be right. finding they them. Right. They had Reek Willen last year. Like, yeah. bro, they, they secondaries, whoever's scouting. Okay. <laughs> right. He's doing his one. job. <laughs> y'all, y'all on one. He's doing uh, his thing. But, yeah, Jalen Carter, I think he'll probably be the, the guy to win the award. Like we said, the impact, I think, honestly, being having this much impact with the people around him almost elevates his case. Like, yeah, to be exactly. able to still stand out amongst guys like Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham and um, Jordan Davis. Jordan Davis. I almost said Nolan Smith. I get the two of them confused. Um, but, yeah, like, with all the other guys on that D-line is to still make this kind of impact, you got to tip your hat to that. 100%. Now we get down to the nitty-gritty, the top three awards. Uh, you want to start with you want to start with offensive player of the year or defensive player of the year? Let's do. We just did it. Let's go. Let's go offense because we just did defensive rookie. So okay. we can do offense. You want? Am I saying mine? or You want to say yours? You could go first. Okay. So mine. It's really a three person race, but I have mm-hmm. Tyreek Hill. Okay. Now I got Tyreek Hill just because one, he's leading the league in receiving yards and receiving touchdowns. Um. And his, the impact on the field is ridiculous. Like, you just see his speed is such a threat, bro, that, like, it opens stuff up for other people. Um, Like, you, bro, even with a safety over the top, the amount of time I've watched this guy run past the corner and run past the safety helping It's not over even a top, route. He's just going. He's just running, and he's burning both of them. It's That's perfect. what began me, like, bro. <laughs> usually when people do stuff like that, it's like, oh, you getting, you got the leverage. You got him to bite. It's a post-corner, mm-hmm. a little double move. It's like, I'm running a go. I'm just going to run inside leverage past the corner, and Facts. then, and then it bend out, it out. And I'm just going to yeah, run right? past the safety. <laughs> you can't coach that, bro. bro. it's like they forget that he's Tyreek and, like, play it like a normal person. And he just flies by. And as a fantasy owner, I love it so much. Oh, it's, yeah. It's so great to see. But no, as a, as a real-life like football watcher, bro, it's ridiculous how fast this guy is and how much it opens stuff up. And it opens up the whole playbook, bro. Cause, and especially because all the motion and everything that, that they do in Miami, it's tough to see what's coming, bro. It's ridiculous. And then you add in all the other speedsters. Yeah, the offense is just crazy. That's a whole other topic. But Tyreek having a great season. Um, already has a thousand something yards, but nine, eight, nine games in, which is crazy. He was one. I don't know what his pace is now, but on one point he was on pace for two thousand. He still might be on pace. I don't know. He had a couple like couple so so games recently, but he he's been amazing, bro. And then in parentheses, I have um, I have CMC because mm-hmm. what he does for that Forty ers offense, the fact that he's able to stand out with so many stars around him and clearly be the best option there clearly be like the best offensive player is huge and then of course aj brown like there's nothing more i can say to that like he's a man amongst boys bro he's right. bullying these corners so <laughs> but my pick is tyreek hill yeah it, it's de- that's definitely the three-man race right now is tyreek cmc and aj all three of them have very valid cases like i really can't fault anybody i think in a lot of people's eyes, AJ would probably be the furthest removed and like 
I guess, understandable, but um, like I, I would not fault anybody for having either one of them um, as their pick. Personally, right now, I have CMC um, leading the league right now in rushing. Um, it's like almost 750 yards, nine rushing touchdowns. He just broke his streak of always scoring. It was dated back like almost two seasons or something crazy, right? Like Ridiculous. It's like 17 games. Yeah. Um, so basically almost a full NFL regular season spanning two seasons of getting a touchdown in every game. He was so consistent. That broke in a game where they did not need him to score at all um, against the Jaguars. But just the threat that he is on the ground and in the air, like we've known that from him for obviously since his time in Carolina, but it feels like Kyle Shanahan really like unlocked him to his full potential. And when him, like when this 49ers team is fully healthy, when you've got CMC out there with IU, with Debo, with Kittle, there's just so much that goes on. And all of that is predicated off of the fact that CMC is so versatile. They can do so many different things with him. And there's so much that you have to worry about. You cannot just be concerned with him in the run game because he is such a good pass catcher. He could go out and run routes and beat your best corner on routes. Mm-hmm. Like, y'all know who his dad is? And you know he could run routes. Um, so, like, just the versatility, how much of a – how much his presence does for this team – um, and how much he showed, like, I don't want to say shoulders a load because it is a collective effort team-wide for this 49ers team. We spent a lot of time talking about how much talent they have on both sides of the ball, um, but really just his impact on the ground and in the air um, is, is a lot for me. But like I said, you, you cannot fault anybody for having Tyreek or A.J. Brown in this slot because all, all of them are breaking records <laughs> in this season. Uh, like Tyreek, Tyreek is on pace. Him, him, and AJ Brown right are like on pace to potentially both have two thousand yards. AJ is um, like like only a maybe like fifty some yards behind Tyreek. Let me I can look it up now. But like he was not far behind in like uh, receiving yards. All right, and I think he had set the record for most one hundred and fifty yard games consecutively. It was like six weeks or something like that. One twenty five. It was one twenty five. Okay, yeah, yeah. He's only he's literally seventy yards behind Tyreek. So they both right. had a. He's at a thousand and five. Tyreek's at a thousand seventy six. Right. And it's funny because it's like Tyreek's is so much of like get him the ball in space and go and like find different ways to get him. AJ Brown is like, I'm about to run a big boy post. <laughs> Jalen throw, throw me the ball. I don't care. <laughs> him, him, him. I don't care who's here. I'm catching the ball, bro. <laughs> Completely yeah. different ways to get to almost the same amount of receiving yards. Yeah, it's um, crazy. But yeah, any of those options are, are fair points. I, I just would lean CMC right now. That's absolutely fair. You cannot, like I said, cannot go wrong with any one of those guys. Um, <clears throat> going on to Depoy, this one hurts me, man, because I just I try to be as unbiased as possible. But if I had to pick someone, season ended today for me, it'd be Miles Garrett. Um, just because I mean the stats are there, and for, honestly, I have I don't even have, I know the stats are there, but I'm not looking at the stats. If you just watch the games. The impact that he has on the game, it is ridiculous, bro. Like the Colts game where I believe he had a couple sacks, had a forced Force fumble, fumbles. blocked a field goal. He like like bro, he's every like he's bro literally all over the field. And like you, the impact is felt. You can clearly see it. And the fact that he's manning or like leading the charge for like one of the best defenses. At one point, I believe a couple weeks ago, it was like 
one of the best defenses in the past like 50 years. It was like some wild stat, but like they were first in absolutely everything. Like the defense was insane, still is insane, even though they've given up, you know, some big games. Still insane defense. And the fact that he's leading the charge, like I feel like he has to be the deploy right now. Um, but then I had to throw my man TJ Wide in there. Like, come on, man. Like he's still doing his Fair thing. Option. I'm going to say the numbers are still there. Like, it's not like, you know, he's far behind. Like, bro, he's still there. The numbers are there. Our, de- our defense is playing solid. Um, Not as good as the Browns, but still. Like, there's games where T.J. Watt is, like, winning us the game. Like, by himself. Like, carrying us to a victory. Even against the Browns. That game against the Browns. There's a lot of plays T.J. Watt made that just, like, impacted the game so much. So, to me, I'd lean Miles Garrett just because the defense as a whole is a little bit better. But T.J. Watt's right there. Yeah, I, I honestly have Miles Garrett as well um, for a lot of those same reasons. Like, what really gets it for me, and like, it's nothing to take away from TJ Watt. Miles Garrett's versatility to rush from any spot across yeah. the defensive line. Like, obviously, the clip that went viral of him of sitting here, like, doing dribble moves before the, the play starts, but he's head up over the center. Mm-hmm. Like, and also being dominant off the edge, like again, that's di- we just talked about how it's difficult to do for like to have quarterback pressures from an interior line perspective. So much of that goes to those edge rushing guys to be able to go and line up, head up over the center as a nose or in a two tech, three tech, whatever. I mean, two eye or three tech, um, and be able to get those kind of pressures, get sacks. We talked about the forced fumbles. You talked about the the blocked field goal. Like he is on another level um defensively this year and he's leading one of the best defensive units so i had to tip my cap there again tj watt is definitely like a valid answer and could be deserving of the award but right now i have to give that to miles gear too yeah 100 and you know what's funny it's completely side note i want to see max crosby on a good defense so i feel like i do too Raiders games he's like the only person wreaking havoc bro he's destroying everything but it's like the deep everything literally everything else around him sucks like that thing but he's just the one guy that's just like going crazy so i i would love to see him on like a really good defense yeah he he just be going crazy like it really feels like he's in the backfield every play that i've watched especially like all the raiders primetime games yeah he's in the backfield it feels like every single pass play Every every drop back, he's pressuring. He's everywhere, all over the court, all over the field. So, absolutely. So, the big one, man. Mm-hmm. MVP. All right. <clears throat> For me personally, this honestly, when you really look at it, this is, might be like one of the toughest ones because I don't think there's a clear There is cut no winner. clear cut. There is no clear cut. For me, if the season ended today and I had to pick one, knowing how they do the MVP award, for me, it'd be Jalen Hurts. All right. I, the reason why it's Jalen Hurts, because one, I don't even think his his passing stats have been too, too crazy. Um, Obviously, you know, he's a uh, rushing quarterback. So, like, you got to add in the rushing and the passing. Like, rushing numbers, I'm pretty sure his rushing number is fine, especially touchdowns with the brotherly shove. Like, I think he has, like, seven touchdowns or something like that on the ground. But crazy. the fact that, they're winning. They're the, have the best record in the NFL. I believe they're eight and one. Mm-hmm. They've beaten really good teams. 
they've won a lot of close games. And when they win the close games, it's on the back, on the arm, I should say, of Jalen Hurts. Like, he makes a lot of those big-time throws late into the games, like the throws A.J. Brown, the throws of Devontae Smith. Like, even in games where he's not playing the best, he will make up for it because he'll make one throw, one big throw at the end of a game, and it'll have you like, damn, that's a really good throw. So they're, they're winning because of him. They're winning the close games because of him. Um, he has made a, a little bit more as far as like mistakes wise this season, but again, it hasn't been hurting them so far this season besides the one Jets game. He's just playing, he's been playing great. Like I said, no one's really stuck out and he has the best record. So I, that's why I just lean Jayla Hurst. Yeah, you can't, you really can't fault that. I have two guys here. I also have Jalen Hurts for all of the same reasons. A and one record. He's been playing great. Um, on the air and the ground. And, like, look, especially the last couple of weeks, like, you definitely see that the knee has been bugging him. Um, mm-hmm. He hasn't had oh, the same Oh, and playing hurt. Of, yes, that's another one, yep. Right. Hasn't had the same kind of burst in the open field, but doesn't hurt the touch push, and those mm-hmm. touchdowns do rack up. Like you said, seven on the ground this year um, on top of, well, I think, 15 or 16 in the air. Um He's facilitating what is looking like a generational season from A.J. Brown. Their offense, despite losing their offensive coordinator, hasn't looked the most fluid, but the playmakers are there. They make the plays when they need to, um, and they can still pour on teams, and it's only getting better like, as the season goes on. And they still have their moments where, like, this does not look as good as it did last year, but, like, it's definitely much improved. Like I know we had the conversation early on about what they look like after like week two, week three, where it's like, yeah, they're three and O, but that three and O is like looking shaky. They look better than they did then. And I'm expecting yeah. like, as we get later into the year, they'll really start to gel and mesh and we'll see them be really comfortable and also probably have <clears throat> him, you know, hopefully back a little bit healthier from whatever is, you know, kind of nagging him with that knee injury. Um, and, you know, he starts to really, you know, get a little bit more comfortable being dynamic in the open field again. And, um, kind of being the punishing tough runner that he is. So I have him as one of the two people for MVP. But I'm here to plant the flag for the CJ Stroud MVP mm-hmm. case today. Talk to um, him. For the, all the same reasons that we listed him for, for runaway favorite for offensive rookie of the year. Um, but really, like, Stat wise, is there like we just talked about the the touchdown interception ratio is crazy. He's second in passing yards. We just talked about the weapons that he has coming into the season. Nobody would have put in them like I don't even know if you to put them top ten, maybe not even top sixteen. Like cores, receiving cores across the league. Mm-hmm. Um, and so coming in with that, their O line still has is not performing at a high level. Their running game has been pretty stale the entire season. Damian Pierce has not really been able to ever get it going. Devin Singletary has looked a little bit better the last couple of weeks um, since Damian Pierce has been out. But even still, I would not say that's something that they can really lean on. So, so much of that pressure is being put on CJ Stroud to make this offense go. And it's going like at a high rate. And we talked about it earlier. The the poise, the decision-making is at such a high level. He's not making those rookie mistakes that you would expect. He's not making the general mistakes that you would expect a lot of even veteran quarterbacks to make. Um, he's got this team as of right now today, November 13th. They would be in the wild card game of the AFC playoffs. Um, and they've got some marquee wins 
under their belt. Like, like you just said, they went in down through or tie game right with Cincinnati with a minute 30 left and went down and scored a game winning field goal. And Cincinnati was one of the hottest, may might have been the hottest team in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, like Joe Burrow has slung shot himself into MVP conversations because of his play. Um, so for him to go toe to toe with Joe Burrow in that game, and it was a great back and forth game, like that just shows the level of poise and production that he has and just the comfortability that he has. And what I think is fair to say is not the best of situations. It's not like he just walked into a, a tailor-made offense with this great old line or, you know, he's got guys around him that are like, you know, household names. Like if you would have told somebody before the season that this is what the Texans team was doing with Nico Collins, Tank Dell, Noah Brown, and Dalton Schultz, they would be like, ah, I don't believe you. And he's making it happen, bro. And it's hard to say that there are too many quarterbacks strictly right now, this season, playing better than him. And because of all of that, that's, again, placed on him, and he's producing, and he's got them above 500 and in a playoff spot. And, in, you know, let me pull up their upcoming schedule, actually, because I want to see what they, they've got coming up. Because um, they're not in the toughest division. Like, they've got Cardinals – Jags, Broncos, Jets, some winnable games. Titans, Damn. Browns, Titans again, and then they end the season with the Colts. That's this could end game. up being a very good regular season record for them. They mess around. It could like, bro. This could maybe be one or two losses max rest of the season. Mm-hmm. Like you could be looking at what was that eleven I'm- and eleven and six. I mean, they got. So, they would have to. The, the Jags, the Jags is tough. Jets the Car- defense is tough. E- even the Cardinals with, with Kyler back is going to be a little bit too. difficult now. I say that, yeah, like you said, Jets defense. I don't know. Aaron Rodgers might be back. You know, never know. Yeah, <laughs> I, bro, I stashed him in fantasy. If somebody dropped him. Hey, you, hey, <laughs> I'll you be never know. <laughs> I'll be in the back though. But and um, uh, I mean, I see what you mean though. They could they could string together some wins. Right, but look, forget the predictions aside, bro. Sitting right now, five and four, with what he's done this year, I think he has a very fair argument to be the MVP. Like, you could that that just constructed the whole argument. Like, I, I'm not hearing that he is at least not worthy of being in the discussion. If you don't have him as your MVP, I'm not gonna be like, oh my gosh, what are we talking about here? Like, like you said, there's no clear cut person for the award. Um, but I think he has a very real and legitimate argument to be in that discussion and is worthy of winning the award because of that. Yeah, 100%. I, I just think the main thing with me is, one, like, the way he's playing as a rookie is, like, like you you said it before, like, he's playing and the decisions he's making is better than a lot of veterans that's been in the league for a minute. And, the like, the clutch factor, like, the, the, the Bucks game with barely any time on the clock, going down and having a game-winning drive, then – Against Joe Burrow, against like you said, the hottest team in the league, like going down and getting a game-winning field, like game-winning drive to get a field goal, like but that takes like poise, it takes confidence, that takes just pure talent, and like you just got it, bro. Like there's no, there's not ten quarterbacks I'd rather have than than CJ Stroud. I can't name ten quarterbacks I'd rather have right now. Right now, you could probably cut that down to like five. Like Like, honestly, especially if you add if you add in like the he is going to get better part of it. Like, right. there's not, man, 
It's, just know it's not a lot of quarterbacks I take over. There's probably right. a handful I take over right now. So absolutely, completely understand. Like good pick. And I think people need to like start taking that pick more serious. So I think a lot of people say it like, well, yeah, he's playing great. Like MVP. Like no, like legitimately, right? He's like actually in the conversation. Not like a ha ha. Like no, he's legit in the conversation. After the Bucks game, I think a lot of people were like, all right, we're like week seven, week eight here. Like the touchdown to interception ratio is still crazy. The yards are like top of the league. They're winning games. Like, yeah, you know, he can be in the conversation. After the Bengals game, like Vegas is aware. Yeah. He's facts. he's bumped up to, I think he's seventh now in MVP odds. Too low. Only people in front of him is Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Tua, Jalen, and Mahomes. There's no reason for two not to. There's no reason for Joe Burrow to be ahead of him. There's no, there is a reason for Patrick Mahomes because he's Mahomes and their record is a lot better. But Burrow, don't they have the same record? They have the same record. Joe Burrow played like three, two good games, like three good games because he was hurt hurt to start the season. He just beat him. There's zero reason why Burrow should be ahead if it's not name value alone. Bro, I think he has. I I wouldn't put Mahomes' case above his. Only reason and like I that's not that's not saying than... that right. That's not saying that Mahomes is like I'm not not saying he's better than Mahomes. Not even close. I'm just right. if we're talking strictly off of what they're putting in terms of an MVP case together, like Chiefs defense has been doing a lot of heavy lifting for that team this year, mm-hmm. and like some of that could just be game plan. Like teams are just not trying to let. I mean, we saw it. They're out here triple teaming Kelsey. They don't have a ton of other weapons on the outside. Like. Mahomes needs someone to throw to. I'm not saying it's his fault, but like the that's MVP case is right. The MVP, right. And they're what, seven and two? Yeah. Fine. Like that's winning football. And I, I think Mahomes would agree. Like he wouldn't care. He would rather have the team success than the individual success of mm-hmm. winning the MVP award. So talking about the individual case, I think Stroud has a better case than Mahomes right now. Yeah. So it's a, definitely a real case. Um, one more person I did want to just mention slightly uh, is, is your guy, <laughs> Dakota Prescott. Hey, listen, man. The numbers say, are there. Say say what you want about Dak. He's been playing great, especially I believe, especially these past couple weeks, bro. He's been playing insane. Let me pull. Let me pull up their schedule. Mm-hmm. But Beat up the, them bad teams, man. Let's go. But <laughs> but the, but the, right, but the thing is though, the thing is, let me pull up Dallas schedule. The thing is. Even in games that they lost, besides the Niners game, like all right, put it this way, like the Eagles game, he played. Well, he, played, he, played he, he played great. I I don't like. I saw people immediately try to go and pin that loss on Dak, and I'm like, there's no way we're watching the same game, bro. No, no way we're watching the same game. Mm-hmm. Dak made so many plays in that game for us to even be in that position. That's the Dak Prescott that I know he can be consistently and can bring this team to places that it hasn't been in a very long time. Mm-hmm. Like. That is the Dak Prescott that that can be. So he definitely has been much improved. I still do not love the play calling, but like him being able to get off script, scramble, get outside the pocket, make plays, like that is when Dak Prescott has always been at his best. Um, and he's been doing that a lot more the back half of this part of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that, yeah, look, bro, the numbers are there. I've seen people start to be like, Hey, like you said, there's no clear-cut favorite. We're just looking at who's putting up good numbers with a good record. You've got to put Dak in the conversation. He's Six and three, and he's got right. the numbers. 
He's definitely in the coming. It's not like he's. It's, I I get it. Like the narrative, like they only beat bad teams, but like he's played well even in the games that they lost. Besides, I mean the Cardinals game, he didn't play great. Obviously the Niners, they didn't play great. I don't. Oh, and then the Eagles. Like he's played. He played well in the Eagles game. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I just feel like, like you said, if we're going strictly off of numbers and record. You got to at least be in a combo. I'm not saying he's the favorite, but he got to be in a combo. Definitely. No, definitely has to be. Um, that's going to do it for our midseason awards, though. Um, we'll come back to those at the end of the season when they yeah. announce the picks. Yeah. Or maybe we'll do an end season pick, and then we'll we'll get to compare every single stop along the way how close we were. Um, but, no, I think this is the first time in a while that MVP – I feel like at, at least by this point in the year, there's like a clear – Cut, not even necessarily just a front runner, but at least a race. But like, yeah, like, like a I just two or three people raced at this point. Stroud being at seven, like all the guys in front of him, they have cases. Like, and there are people that are going. Like Mahomes still being the betting favorite says a lot. Like, you you know you know what the problem is. The problem is the fact that it's a quarterback reward. Because if it was a, it, I if we just took MVP and just like you know every position is four grabs. It'd be a lot more like clear cut of like CMC, Tyreek, right. like, like it, it'd be so much different. But the fact that it's a quarterback award and no quarterback is running away with it is a different story. That's right. the only reason why. If someone would have like, I think for even a guy like Tyreek to win it, he has to break the record. And even then, he still he, might not get it. A lot of people are gonna be like, up. they're like, dang man, look at Tua. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> look at his yards. <laughs> bro, like, but honestly, what was sealed it for me, bro, when Cooper if Cooper Cup didn't win it, it's chalk. I'm sorry. If he Triple didn't win it, it's chalk. Crown, that's not enough. That's right. not MVP worthy. Yeah, it's chalk, bro. I'm sorry. And then performed in the playoffs, like was the like Super Bowl MVP, like I know that don't go into it, but like, come on, man. If he if yeah. he didn't win MVP, it's just chalk. Nobody's gonna do it. Yeah, it's interesting though. I, I'm I'm interested to see how it's gonna play out because uh, there's a lot of football still left to be played, but it's gonna be, bro. It's going to be tough if the Texans come out with a solid record and he don't bomb the back half of this season. We're gonna have to have those conversations. It's only ever been one rookie to win MVP. That was Jim Brown in like 1957 or something. That'd before be so they crazy. before they put the color in the TV. Facts. <laughs> so if he crazy. if he was able to come in and win MVP as a rookie, like there's not even a NBA comparison to that. Like the closest thing is like what uh, Tim Duncan made the All Star game as a rookie. Like Grant Hill did the same thing. Yeah, like, but like even that, that type of stuff compare, does not bro. happen. Yeah. I don't. I don't even compare MVP as a rookie. Is crazy because like you don't even have the narrative on your side. Like every no, like your your base is like offensive rookie of the year. For you to break that barrier is just crazy, insane. So I'm I'm excited, bro. I'm excited. Um, and with that, let's let's just get right into the rapid recap for Week Ten. Okay. As always, we're gonna cue up the music. They already know if y'all been listening. Give us a second. The mics might cut out. They're gonna come back. Let me pull the banners up, starting with Thursday night football. This game was disgusting. I can't wait to talk about this, bro. Bro, I ain't gonna lie. I didn't watch this. I ain't watch this game. I ain't watch it live, but even what I saw, I I don't need to see another snap. The Panthers could shut the season down. They could just forfeit the rest of the games. To be honest bro, with you, they're so they're so chalk, bro. But I that will is, say though, people do kind of need to calm down on Bryce Young. Same they do need to because, like, bro. 
please, I'm, I'm begging y'all, go watch any game. Pick a game. Go look at the All-22 cutup. Pause it when Bryce Young is at the top of his drop back. Tell me who he should throw to. Any play, you could pick him at random, bro. Nobody is open. Look at the routes. They be running across the board. Hitch, 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 hitch. Every single one is getting clamped. What is, what is even that play? Like, this is not even – Ask Madden would give you something better, bro. Facts. Like, yeah. Chill chill out on Bryce, bro. That's a horrible situation. It's worse because CJ is doing what he's doing. We're talking, exactly. we talking about him being an MVP candidate. <laughs> and Bryce Young is 1-7. And, and people Thanks. are wondering if he's cut for the NFL, if he'll last this season because he's taking so many hits. It's like, bro, calm down, bro. People are like – I've seen him take like, yeah, he's, chalk, he's done. He's a bust. Like, bro, he didn't. you didn't even give him a chance. Like, give him like three years at least or he's, something. He's – Bro, he's not playing with a competent NFL roster right now. He's, he's not. flat out. Not at least not on the offensive side of the ball, bro. The stuff I've seen from that old line, bro, that is like high school level. We're picking up a D like a three tech two eye stunt. He going here, the three tech is loping around, and it's like it's not getting passed off properly. Do a gap pressure nonstop. Bro, there was a play. He was halfway through his drop back. How to center, left guard, right guard, and right tackle all get beat. Like all all three Colts players are behind them. Bryce Young literally is taking like maybe two steps. What it's do you not, want him to do? Bro? He's not in a position to, to succeed, bro. And and that along with him being a rookie is just not helping, bro. Just get relax. Yeah. Just just relax, please. It's 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 too much to overcome. Just bro. wait for wait for them to get T. Higgins in the offseason. Wait for them to, you know what I'm saying? Say draft a couple people, draft some receivers, draft some right. Let my man get hey, some. Bro, time. you know who they should trade for, bro? DJ Moore, bro. Good. Bro, he might fit there, bro. Oh right, my you know? god. Could you imagine DJ Moore in a Panthers union? Bro, see, I was thinking the same thing when we were talking about Mahomes, how the numbers wasn't there. I'm like, bro, they need like a like a Tyreek Tyree Hill, bro. That's bro. You imagine that Mahomes and Reek? Do you know what's funny though? The amount of times I really be like, man, bro, this team needs weapons. Like, imagine if they really had some like speed on the outside. And I mean, mm-hmm. I almost feel like it takes me a second to remember, like, bro, they, they used to have Tyreek Hill <laughs> in this offense, like. <laughs> We really got to see the D cheat code. Like it's there real. never will be a time when we wonder what that was like. Like we got to see the cheat code. Facts. And it was insane. <laughs> it was it's ridiculous, crazy. bro. Two Super Bowls. Or well, I guess actually only one. But Oh yeah, one with him, yeah. Right. But hey. That was special. That was special. Facts. Let's get the music set up. Let's get into this rapid recap. <laughs> okay, you got it on cue. We back, baby. We back. All right. Let me get the audio levels right. Set it to loop, and we're going to go ahead and get right into it. This is our NFL Week 10 Rapid Recap, starting out with Thursday Night Football. Sloppy, sloppy game in this one. Bears 16, Panthers 13, and the Bears do own the Panthers' first-round pick, so their chances of getting the number one pick just went up that much more after this game. Did not watch this game. <laughs> I, I saw and, it on the slate. I was like, yeah, baby, we can hang out. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I don't blame you. Not one bit. It is ugly. Ugly, ugly, ugly. But hey. I, I will say, though, I started Deontay Foreman. I got the little notey. Foreman scored a touchdown. I was like, we up. We cool. That's right. all I needed. That was, I was good. If you're the Bears and you get the first overall pick, do you take a quarterback? I got to see how Justin feels in the season. I think that's I a fair you. answer. I, I would do the same thing. Because he hasn't even been playing for me. Because before he got hurt, though, he was like 300-yard games. He was playing very, very well. 
So we started guys running him again. I, I honestly, bro, could you imagine Justin Fields, DJ Moore, Marvin Harrison? Now we're talking. Now we're like, I'm with that. Oh, I want to see that. I'm, I'm with that. I ain't I'm gonna interested lie. I'm with to see that. that. Uh, second game of the oh. Germany series. Yeah, this is an ugly scoreline. Colts 10, Patriots 6. Mac Jones got benched late in this one for Bailey Zappi, who threw a flea flicker into triple coverage to end the game. So, yeah, just nasty, nasty offense all around in this one. Tank for Caleb. It's literally all that's like nothing, Bailey, you're, you're done. You're just tank. There's, there's nothing more to say. Yeah, that, that offense is not it. Yeah. Next one, we just spent a lot of time talking about it. Texas we go. 30, Bengals 27, C.J. Stroud leads a game-winning field goal drive on a day where we had five different game-winning as the clock expired field goals. This was one of the first ones of the day. Um, we spent a lot of time talking about it. What else you got to say about this game? How do you feel about the Bengals? Like I said, they were one of the hottest teams in the NFL coming into this game. Still played great, but C.J. Stroud having his MVP moments. Listen, we talked a lot about C.J. Stroud and the Texans, so I'll just kind of really talk about the Bengals. I feel like the Bengals, it was tough, bro. You didn't want to lose this game. Because you already started the season off bad. You started, you're already playing catch up. The season ended today. You're not in the playoffs. And then you have the Ravens on Thursday night. So, like, mm -hmm. you probably wanted to win this one. You know what I mean? But, hey, that just means next week is a must win. Because if you lose next week, you have no chance of winning the division. Nope. You are so far behind in the division. And I believe you still have the Browns once. Pretty sure the Steelers twice, which is always a dogfight. Oh, yeah, they so. haven't played y'all yet. Oh, nah. my gosh. And we're going to get at least one. We're going to get one. So. Mike Tomlin ain't getting swept. Nah, we're going to get much. one. Mike T going to give us one. So, yeah, it's, you really didn't want to lose this game. But that makes Thursday like a must win. And I'm pretty sure T. Higgins is not playing. So, mm -hmm. no, he's not. Yeah. AFC North is a dogfight year in, year out, bro. It's crazy, bro. And somehow we just hear like, we still in it. I don't know like, how, bro. Y'all have been outgained in yards of Steelers in like was it nine games this year? All every hey, game. What I will say though, our running backs, man, Hooper, Najee been looking good. Mm -hmm. He been having. He had a little burst to him. He got, bro. I was looking at the when we was looking up the stats. He's like sixth or seventh in like twenty yard, twenty plus yard runs. He's mm -hmm. been playing well. So talk, talk to me about this game. Steelers twenty three, Packers nineteen. How we feeling? Like we just said, y'all sitting at six and three. And y'all have been outgained, I think, in every single game this year. And it don't matter. Don't care. We, who needs yards? We good. But listen, yes, I will say is Najee Jalen Warren, last year's Zeke and Pollard, bro. Because they a little nice little one-two. Warren, Warren come in the game, he's like electric. He's like a whole nother beast. Bro. But Najee's still been solid. Like Ever since the bye week, Najee's been solid. He's been good. He's been getting in the end zone. So we just got to lean on the run game a little bit. We got Deontay on the outside, picking for the, you know what I'm saying, the deep balls. Um, and then lean on the defense. It will be solid. So it was, it was a good win. I actually, I enjoyed this one. Yep. Steelers getting it done. Mike T getting it done. You know he don't have losing seasons. And they are nah, on their way to securing yet another year above 500 minimally. It's man. looking like it might be more than that. Vikings are currently the hottest team now in the NFL. I think it's a five-game win streak, right? Uh, Vikings like 27, Saints 19. Josh Dobbs comes in. It's his second win now. And has been a Viking for, what, 10 days? <laughs> Two wins under his belt. Beats the Saints 27 to 19. Um, anything else, big takeaways from this game? I know we talked about it a little bit earlier. 
Man, you can't sleep on the Vikings, man. Josh Dodd's been solid. They can get Justin Jefferson back a little bit sooner. Because before it looked like, bro, you might as well just let him just get healthy for next season. But, like, now nah, you might have some hope. Like, obviously, they could potentially. Hey, they only two games behind the Lions in the division. You never know. Yeah. I think they still got to play him at least one time, right? Yeah, at least one. I know at least one for sure. So, I mean, you're alive. Josh Dobbs is playing well. So, I'm, I'm rooting for the Vikings. You know what I mean? I'm rooting for him. Just realized I spelled Titans wrong. Let me fix that real quick. <laughs> uh, Buccaneers 20, Titans 6. I did not catch a ton of this one, but I know Mike Evans did have himself a solid day. Um, and look, bro, this NFC South division is so sloppy year in, year out. Ever since Brady left, bro. Brady and Breeze, there's been no consistency in this. This is just a whole bunch of mid in this division. That's that's all it is, is just mid. And that's what this game was, was just mid. Like, you got Rabua Levis is just being a rookie. Like, I ain't going to fault him for that. Right. The Bucks is just... Nah, it's just alright. <laughs> Everybody's just alright. Rashad White right. looked good. Mike Evans looked good. Besides the drop touchdown, other than that, it was alright. 49ers Dang. put a whooping on the Jaguars, 34 to three. Um, Kittle had a big day in this one. I think he had over 100 yards on like three or four catches, something crazy like that. Yeah, one big one. Yeah, one big one on a B guy, man to man, and just took, walked it into the end zone. Um, but yeah, no CMC touchdown in this one, and clearly they did not need a 31-point win over the Jaguars, who, I got to say it, Trevor Lawrence, eh, it ain't been looking what I thought it was going to look like with these weapons, bro. Yeah, I mean, I'm a I'm, I'm not a little I'm very disappointed in the Jaguars' offense, man. I thought the Jaguars were going to take that step. Like, offensively, you add in an elite receiver, Calvin Ridley. Look, we won, it looked like it, mm -hmm. but it just has not clicked bro I, like i don't even know like they have it like everything has been solid he's a he's a good elite not elite sorry i didn't mean to say that he's an athletic tight <laughs> um he's a good weapon christian kirk is a really good slot receiver like i he's borderline great slot receiver Calvin really on the outside should be good like trevor lawrence should be elite etn has been great like the offense should be nice i don't know what it is not even just this game like even the games they're winning I don't know what it is, bro. So, I mean, other than that, though, 49ers potentially are back. You know, they're healthy now. They could just, they could really chalk up all the game, all the losses to, like, you know, health if they really wanted to use that excuse. Yeah. So, good win for them. Definitely. Game the Ravens should not have lost. They were just up, like, what, 24-9 to and yeah. ended up losing 33-31 against the Browns. Another one of those game-winning field goals. Um... That said, bro, it's AFC North year in, year out. Just an absolute bloodbath. These teams, every time they play each other, it's never a dull game, never a dull moment. And we have another one here. Um, yeah, it's just this Browns team is gritty. Gritty. They find ways because Deshaun, every single game looks real suspicious, bro. Man, they'd be great if they had a quarterback. <laughs> I know, right? It's yeah, crazy. Be sick, but Ravens, man, they really should not have blown this game, bro. Like they were in control. They look like they were about to route the Browns. Like, yeah, I'm, bro. I literally texted, I texted the group chat like mid game. I was like, bro, the Ravens are the best team in the league. And then they pulled this. And I'm like, right. bro, come on, bro. But yeah, I mean, it is what it is. It was a bad loss for them. Definitely one they should not have lost at home. I just realized they were at yeah. home. They, well, all that momentum, they should not have lost this game. So. Not not a, a bad loss for them. And I guess it's not really a must win for them on Thursday against the Bengals. But it's like both of them coming off a loss. Like, 
There's going to be a bloodbath, bro. It is. On a short week, It already, Thursday night football games already be ugly as is, bro. bro. This might be like a... You put the AFC North on Thursday and both teams just came off a loss? This might be like a 17-14. Like, you might be overshooting. <laughs> I'm thinking more like a 10-7. <laughs> it might be might be the defensive Six battle. 6-3. to three. <laughs> But with two like good defenses too, it, yeah. it, might, it might be a slow one. Definitely. Next one we got here, Cardinals 25, Falcons 23. Uh, Kyler Murray comes in and makes his season debut and makes a lot of plays with his legs in this one. Look good, look mobile early, um, which is definitely good to see. And I think he'll only get better with his confidence um, as that grows. But, hey, Arthur Smith, again, moving to a quarterback. Just took first team reps in practice that week. Yeah. Arthur Smith needs to be fired. But other than that, though, um, moving forward, I know the, the Cardinals' schedule – or like their record is going to be like bad but this is not going to be a team that you could just like pencil in a dub anymore like i feel no. like you know they're getting the weapons back they're getting kyler healthy getting james connor back they're going to be a solid tough out like if they if you're going to lose if you're going to beat them it's going to be tough it's not just going to be like you know walk all over them i mean honestly to be fair when john Todd was there it was it wasn't an easy game so no yeah yeah this is not a team you can overlook Lions, another one. Well, I guess the Cardinals were too, but Lions, another one of the game-winning field goals. Walk it off with a 41-38 win over the Chargers. I'm going to turn the floor over to you. Talk to me again about why this isn't Justin Fields' fault. Or Justin Fields, Justin Herbert's fault. Because a lot of people still want to blame it on him. But, hey, bro, if 38 points ain't enough to win a National Football League, it sounds like there's a different problem. That's what I'm saying, bro. There's no way you can blame the QB. He put up 38 points. And you're telling me it's going to be his fault? Like, what are we doing here, bro? We got a defensive head coach. We got all these stars on defense. I'm only calling them stars because they get paid a lot. And they're now they like got names. names. They don't got stars, bro. They That's all names. it is. It, it, bro, it's just names, bro. They have no production. Except for Derwin. Derwin still, Derwin still get busy. but He do, but he gives I, – I don't know if you noticed. Like, he – it's like every single game he gets, like, an unnecessary roughness penalty or, like, does, like, a stupid penalty. But I feel like I noticed it every single game. I think the announcer yeah, said it. He's an aggressive player. It happens. He is. So, but, he, but he the only one that's still like, you know, he's been solid. But other than that, bro, you give a 41 points, bro, you're not going to win that game most times. And hey. I know that the Lions offense is, is nice, but the Chargers defense is Swiss cheese, bro. Bro, that rushing defense is whole. They couldn't stop. Bro, you get a good, I don't know, bro. I feel like there was a, uh, a screenshot someone took. There, It was, I think, third and two. And the entire defensive line was one it. yard behind the first down marker. No it. way to hold D-line giving up three yards. No way. What, what are you supposed to do with that? I could get the first down, bro. You tell me I could just I just run behind any lineman. And I'm guaranteed the first down, bro. Put, put, it, put it this way. It was fourth and five. Fourth and five. They inside ran zone. inside zone. That's <laughs> and, disrespectful. That's like, bro, we're just bigger and better than you bro we're just gonna bully you right. and we're like ran it with confidence and easily picked it up that's why i love dan campbell you run it we're running a ball on fourth and five that is smash mouth football bro we don't care we here to just you know get busy you dig like yeah, yeah. and now and now that they got gibbs like actually in the offense that little one two mm -hmm. running back combo hey monty took the 75 yarder to the crib he might, he looked good. I'm not gonna lie, he yeah. looked good on the run too. But they got they got a nice little one-two combo. We got Amarad doing Amarad things on the outside. Lions is a really good team, man. Really good. Yeah. 
Cowboys do it to them Giants again. 49-17. Yeah. I'm point. not even going to hold you. As a Cowboys fan, I ain't even turned this one on, bro. I, I knew what it was. I don't need to see it. It was NBA on yesterday. There's a lot of other stuff I was watching. I didn't need to see Tommy DeVito get, you know, dominated by his D-line, which is what happened. Uh, I don't even know what to say about the Giants season. Like, they also feel almost like the Panthers, like, Y'all could pack it in. Like, just chalk the season. If y'all could forfeit the games, like, why even risk getting people hurt? Like, get Saquon out of there. That's what I say. Get him out of there, bro. It's, please. But other than that, bro, y'all some bullies. Y'all got bully on the Giants. I, we knew that was going to happen. But y'all look good, though. <laughs> that, hey. that look good. CD. I will say, I love watching CD Lamb play, bro. He's, he's different, bro. CD is he's different. He's been going crazy. Y'all get Tony Pollard the ball? Like, him on me. Bro, CD. Brandon Cooks. Gallup, Ferguson. CD had Rico, a rushing touchdown. Rico Dowdle. Can Pollard get one? He can't, uh, you telling me Pollard can't get one? That Dak had one. It hurt me. And I'm a losing fantasy because of that, bro. Like, bro, I can't. Like, it's no way you telling me every single offensive weapon scores. I'm surprised Martavius Bryant ain't score. <laughs> like, bro. That's a crazy signing, one. too, bro. <laughs> that was a wild sign. That was a wild sign. I, like, had to triple check the name. I was like, not that Martavis. Like, <laughs> Big Ben Martavis? Like, Triple B Martavis Bryant? Like, bro, was playing when he had AB. Facts. So, but yeah. nah, that that's my that's my problem with it. McCarthy, you could get Tony Pollard one, bro. Come on. He could, Crazy. he could. Uh the last game which did have a game winning field goal is the Seattle versus Washington game. Seahawks win this one 29 to 26. Um offense definitely looked better in this one. Geno, I think, looked better in this one. Especially anything was better than what him and Kenneth Walker put up last week. So running run game was a lot better, passing game was a lot better. Um, Sam Howell, who you mentioned earlier, is the passing leader um, in the NFL. He's still slinging it. Had a couple of big throws in this one, but just left too much time there for Geno at the end. Yeah, it was a tough one, man. Tough one. I really ain't got much to say. Like I said, they they look better. Commanders, I feel like they're always in these like super close games for some reason, yeah. but they never like really pull them out. So I'm interested to see what the Commanders would look like if they had a real O line that could actually protect Howell because I think he's solid. So other than that. It was it was a it was a cool game to watch. I agree, I agree. And the last one, Sunday night football. Antonio Pierce is 2-0 as an interim head coach for Las Vegas Raiders. Devontae Adams is hype on the hey. field. It feels like the, the energy is back in the building. It feels like they're playing the commentators couldn't stop talking about. It feels like they're playing Raider football, smash mouth football. Josh Jacobs is looking like the Josh Jacobs we saw towards the end of last season. Mm -hmm. Hey, and look. As much as they tried to give Zach Wilson opportunities to win this game, they couldn't get it done. And Robert Sala came out and said that they are still sticking with Zach Wilson moving forward. Um, what, what are your takeaways from this one? My takeaways is I'm starting to think the Jets are poorly coached. I'm not saying Robert Sala is really? a bad coach. No, my thing is, though, because all right, we, like when you watch the game, they will – it's not even all on Zach. Like, they will have some good plays, like good this, do this, good drive, sustaining the drive. Dumb penalty. Stupid penalty. Oh, I see what you mean. Stupid yeah, mistake. Yeah. Like, like, bro, it happens every, like, when you watch a Jets game, it happens every single good drive. They are bound to have a dumb penalty on, on the same drive. The touchdown that Brees had, call back. Might lose a fantasy because of it. But besides that, <laughs> <laughs> call back because of a holding. 
Like they have Garrett Wilson on an end around, got it like sustaining the drive, got a first down, holding. Now it's second and twenty or like first and twenty. Now you're behind the sticks. Like I don't know, man. They need to be more disciplined. But at the end of the day, bro, with Zach Wilson, kind of ain't doing much, even though he's playing a little bit better. But at the end of the day, he's gonna Wilson at the end. Bro, that last drive where he threw the pick, I was—he was looking so good, and then I'm saying he have his flashes, and then he'll make, and then he'll do exactly. He just stared it down, like, oh my gosh, bro, he was there with the sidearms, throwing on motion. I was like, oh shoot, look like his pro day. Yeah, <laughs> fact. But I will say though, he's um, he, I, I see the progression though. Like he's he's definitely better than last year. He's better than his rookie year. It's just still not good. It's just, he's been his better, last bro. year was so bad. Like, I would hope so. Yeah. <laughs> I would hope he's at least a little bit better. I've officially walked back my, like, they should keep Zach Wilson. Like, no, stop. Bro. Please, please find someone to just, bro. until superhuman apparent Aaron Rodgers, who got, I don't know, vibranium put in his kidneys <laughs> to be ready to come back, is able to play. Bro, can you imagine if they traded for Josh Dobbs? I can't. The music cutting out there was crazy. Like, <laughs> but it's, I'm like, bro, could you imagine? Bro, no, they would be, be so good. They're going to be losing games. 16 points is enough to lose. Bro, we can't had... put up more than 16. I know that defense would be pissed, but they'd be after games like, bro, come on. Not this bro, again. The way that I'm talking front to back, like D line, linebacker, secondary. The way I'm watching backers scrape over, come downhill, fill gaps and run holes, like the amount of times they really are meeting Josh Jacobs in the hole, making it hard for him. Credit to him. He's a tough runner, like getting yards after contact. But, bro, every single hole you are seeing Quincy Williams or C.J. Mosley, you got to have to bang in the gap. Like, mm -hmm. it's just – it's not enough. It's not enough. Yeah, I'd be tight. I'd be real tight if I was one of their, the defensive players. 100%. Any uh, any Monday Night Football predictions? That game's going to kick off here in like an hour. Denver, Buffalo, in Buffalo. Uh, Nah. Prediction-wise, in Buffalo, Buffalo got to win this, right? Like, they, like, if you if, – if the Bills lose this game, bro, it is – sound the alarms because yeah, it might already be sound the alarms but it would be like bro dude, you can't over. put it you can't put it pat look at all the teams that they've lost to they lost to we just spent almost oh, spent the last five minutes talking about this zach wilson jets team this is the that's who they lost the first game of season two they lost to the jaguars even the game lost they to won. the patriots but they beat the giants by five points it's 14 to nine like what are we talking about here you bit like the the Bucks had a chance to win at the end of the game, like they they just they they're have, just not they're not convincing, right right. So yeah, no they they I I think they're gonna win because they're not in no position to lose, bro. Like not at all. They're like I said they're another team like the Bengals. If the season ends today, they're not in the playoffs. I think at worst this will be a surprisingly close game. Because I think, like I said, the Broncos, sneakily, I really do feel like in that locker room, they feel like they're getting a little momentum. And it's like, bro, what do you have to lose, bro? Like, people were chalking your season after week two because you gave up 70 points. That is crazy. <laughs> you're, <Yeah. laughs> you're telling me a win tonight and you could be a half game back or was not a half game back for second place in the division and low-key be in the thick of the AFC playoff picture. 
I'll put I'll put it this way though. The reason why I don't think the Bengals are gonna or the Bills are gonna lose. No, get me wrong. I said the same thing about the Bengals, but their schedule moving forward after this Broncos game: Jets, Eagles, Chiefs, oh, Cowboys, Chargers, Patriots, then Dolphins. They cannot lose this game. No, this has this is this is a must win. You, a, need, you have to secure this in the in the bucket at home. You. They lose this game, they're done. I'll put it that way. They lose this game, they're done. Yeah. Absolutely finished. So because then they're what, they're like two games behind Miami um for first place in the AFC East. It'd be tough for them to win the division, like with the Eagles Chief the bro, just the stretch of loan of the Eagles, Chiefs, and Cowboys is crazy. That's crazy, yeah. That's tough. And then don't give me one of the Jets. Like suck, but like, bro, that's Josh Allen's kryptonite. Like, he sucks. Yeah. Kids, so, and those are road like in Philly, in Kansas City. Wow. Yeah. No, yeah. bro. That's tough. Yes. Yeah. They they gotta win. They have to win tonight. They have no. That, that's like. That's why. As much as I do like to clown the Cowboys for going out and like they beat up on the bad teams, like that's why you need to do that, that because. Is true. At the who what uh was it the Bulls that did it the year they made the playoffs? They didn't have a win over like a team. They had like a, only a handful of wins over teams that were above five hundred and made the playoffs. Like if all you do is beat the teams you're supposed to beat, that goes a long way to getting you into the postseason, regardless of sport. And, like, and one thing you could tr- say that is good about the Cowboys. As much like same thing you said, like they beat up on them, but like they end the games quick though, because like fourth quarter they don't have to play. That's just really good as far as rest and stuff. So right, that's, that's it's really good that they do that. The Bills, on the other hand, they just love doing stuff the hard way for some reason. Yeah, uh, this yeah, I would say that's a must win. That is a must win game for them. Mm-hmm. Oof, that's tough, bro. You think you think Russ gonna pull it out? You riding with your guy? He need to. Are we gonna like when we gonna get Jerry Judy like active, bro? It's too much talent. Corlin Sutton, the one over there, bro. He said Jerry Judy ain't not no offense. Cat, bro, cat, bro. I'm not believing it. Traded. What happened to all that? He was supposed to be like somewhere else. He should, bro. They Jerry Judy. He should have been like, on the when, Panthers. He'd have created some separation. Nah, Steve Smith wouldn't allow that. Oh Steve, yeah, no. <laughs> Steve, Steve Smith would have put in a call. Nah, like, you better nah, take bro. that back. No. He would have got number 89, too. Just to be what did he call him? He said he a jag. Just He's a guy. Jag. <laughs> that was yeah, crazy. That's crazy. Um, but shit, bro, he's too talented, bro, to only have 27 catches on the year, bro. I'm not hearing it. No. He's better than that. When he, get, when he gets moved... Y'all are gonna see. I'm I'm holding on to this Jerry Judy stock forever. Not letting it go. At some point, to me, at some point, you are what you are, man. That's what I. That's what I'm gonna say. There's certain not, guys that not I here. It's there's certain not guys I hold for. That's just like, eh. At some point, you are what you are. Hey, they was trying to do that to Cam Reddish, bro. Now look, back to back games. You trying to put consistency together. He better. <laughs> oh, that's all I know. He he better. He better keep this up because. He should have. It should have been another game. He should have hit that shot against the uh, who we lose to. No, he missed the heat. The heat. Yeah, man. Let me like, let me ask you this because we didn't get to talk about it. Because I saw people after the game really be like, "Man, bro, LeBron, you got to take that shot." 
come on. Can, can we say that he don't got to take that shot because he's trying to go up on Jimmy and Bam? Don't get me wrong, right? I this this is what I'm gonna say, and I'm always the side of like I've been I've been on the like it was a right play. Like I've watched in the finals in the bubble where he hit Danny Green literally wide open at the top of the key. Like you cannot ask for a better shot from a quote unquote elite like three point shooter. But like, bro, sometimes bro, I just be like, bro, call the <laughs> shot for you, call the play for you, bro. Like, like, don't get me wrong. Is is it the right play? Absolutely. Is it a good shot? Absolutely. Should he make it? Absolutely. Bro, I want Bron to shoot the shot. Like, I don't want Cam Reddish to shoot the <laughs> shot at the end of the game, but I want my best player to shoot the shot. So, like, I see both sides of it. The the play specifically, I'm not asking him to go up on Bam and Jimmy. Like, that's just dumb. Would I rather you call another play that allows you to take the shot? Yes, absolutely. That's, that's what I'm saying. Because, like, bro, I just – I'm a Kobe fan. Kobe's going to shoot regardless. He's going to listen. He don't care if it's Bam, AD, Joel – Matumbo, it could be anybody in there. He gonna go up and he gonna shoot the shot. He probably gonna get blocked, but we gonna get blocked with dignity though. That's that's all I know. We gonna get blocked with pride. That's fair. As long as you stand on something, because people was really being like, "Nah, he should have took that over Bam." I'm like, "No, nah, that's crazy." Bam would have sent that. What? Like y'all would have y'all went crazy for him if you'd have done that. That's a, that's a terrible shot. Look at Cam Reddish, wide open in the corner. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, the way the script would have flipped. Come on now, come on now. I know y'all. I know y'all. That's, that's too funny because that's exactly y'all what are not been. slick. Y'all would have paused it right there on on lead pass and been like. Is Cam not wild? This this y'all go. It's the best, the best passing big, of all, like, best passing forward of all time. This great offseason, all these additions. Cam Reddish was one of them. He wide open. What you mean? I, I, right. That's so funny. That's exactly what would have happened, which is too funny. Damned that, if you do, damned if you don't. Yeah, that's why I'm not like I'm not like I know I jokingly say I'm not genuinely mad that he passed to Cam Reddish. But okay, some look. sometimes it is nice for like, all right, cool. You draw up the play, you take the shot. Anthony Edwards, he taking the shot. He is, bro. Move the way, I'm bro. Taking the shot, and I, I like that sometimes, bro. That's All just right. the Kobe fan in me, though. I like seeing stuff like that. No, I agree. I think, bro, you need guys like that on your team. Like, what? I can't think of a championship team that don't have somebody that really can, like, if I need to, like, bro, get out the way. I'm about to. I'm giving buckets now. You don't. You, you don't have win. to have that. You don't win without them type of guys. Even right. it don't even always gotta be your best player too. Like you just have like a closer, like, right? Like it wasn't when, when when the Bucks won. It was Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton. Yeah, exactly. But you have to have a guy down the stretch who'd be like, if I need to get a bucket, you can give me that bucket. I can give it to you, mid range, wing, top of the key, whatever, and like you can find the bucket. However, it has to happen. That's why the freaking Nuggets was pissing me off because they had two of them. Jokic was right. one of them, and Jamal was one of them. I'm like, bro, this is annoying. Like, I'm Hell. sick of this, bro. They all, if listen, if not one or if not both, one of them was gonna hit one of them crazy shots. I have me like, bro, this just is what we do, bro. We're just clutch. Yeah, what we do. So it is annoying sometimes, but it is what it is. Cam gotta make the shot. But to be fair though, because Bron said it again, like he did make the play. Why am I forgetting who we keep playing? But Cam did hit a oh the Southern he, no oh, the, oh, the, the other game, one. Yeah. Cam hit a he, he hit like hits, a big yeah. three. So, like, you know what I mean? It wasn't a game-winner buzzer, but still, he hit. That was a big shot, and he was open. He cashed it. So, regular regular season, though, it don't matter as much because you kind of want to give your guys confidence, like, going later into the season, and like, especially in the playoffs. You kind of want to do give them that confidence. So, 
I ain't mad at it. I know we did touch on this, like, obviously in the beginning, like kind of going around through some of the teams, but real quick before we, we wrap up the episode, bro, uh, also, what, what's going on in, um, in Golden State, bro? What, what happened to Andrew Wiggins? I don't know. I don't what's, know. What is going on there, bro? It like I've <clears throat> I've tried to like go back and watch stuff. Like it just don't. That's like, I got. I would have to watch it again. I got to do like a deep, like actually watch the games because like I'll be bro, looking at the, the stats at the end. I'll be like, damn, he's shooting fifteen percent from three this year. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just like a. Like, I don't know. It's so hard, though, because, like, start to the season, it'd be so tough, bro, because people get on. It, it really just takes a few, like, really bad games for, like, your numbers to look ridiculous. Yeah. You know I mean? But they even out sometimes. Don't get me wrong. 15 is crazy. But, but this is a good, like, bro, they, they've played 11 games. Like, I think they played the most games a, out of any team so far. Like, that's a good. When you think about it, that's, what, one-eighth of the season? That's a, it's Give a good little chunk. More, like, don't get me wrong. It's a good little chunk. I mean, I don't know, man. It's been tough. I, like I said, I think I just have to watch it more closely, like actually pay attention to the Wiggins and see what's going on. Because it's it's looking like, like all over again. Like here goes Steph putting up crazy numbers on crazy efficiency and zero help. Like Wasn't even like the. Go ahead. I was gonna say even the guys that like you were expecting to come in and like have the help from. Like I thought we could expect like you know good performances out of Wiggins like we know what we're getting from Looney we know what we're gonna get from Draymond like and Chris Paul honestly has fit in and played better like running that second unit than I thought he would like it just bro like no one is helping him out on the offensive side at times it feels like is this stat true or was it some Twitter stat when they was like bro no one scored over 20 but Steph is that like true like in any game this year I don't think that's true but I, was like, I think was they crazy. were talking about um, the last game that they played against Minnesota, um, Steph had, let me pull up the box score. Steph had 38. The next highest score was clay who had 16. He went five for 16 from the field. And then Dario Saric had 11. Bro. Cause I seen... had 10 on two for 11. Like bro is bad. Bro. Cause I've seen that it was like. Like it was like the Warriors' highest scores, and it was like obviously it was all Steph, but it was like no one else was even close any game. I look this game, no one over twenty but Steph. No Kings, way, that Kings would be game. crazy. No, well Steph with forty one, no one over twenty. Rockets, no one over twenty but Steph. This might be it. Might be legit. Hold on, Steph with forty two. No, no I, I'm going the other direction. I haven't seen it either. Nah, I'm. No I just got to 20, the, but, I, nah. the Nuggets game. <laughs> I'm at the. I'm at the Warriors. I'm not the Warriors. The, the Thunder game. Oh, no Darryl Sarge. Sarge is with twenty. He he had oh, okay. twenty. That's, 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 even, one. that's one though. Y'all say that's one though. Missy that's Cass. still crazy. Nah. In eleven games, only one person has put up over twenty, and it was against the Pistons. You said. Yeah, it was, yeah, Dario Sarri. I didn't even realize that. No. no way. What was it against? It was, oh, the Thunder. I think it was a Thunder game. And oh, it, but, okay. and they had scored 141 points. So, like, it took, <laughs> it took a lot. So. And, that, bro, and that was the game, bro. Loki, 
Draymond Green goaltended that layup. Right? <laughs> and the offensive interference. Like, I, I respect, like, I think it kind of would have been crazy to call it because, honestly, the rule is stupid. Like, he didn't interfere. Like, that that was going on whether mean. he touched yeah. it or not. But, like, mm-hmm. bro, by the book, he touched the rim while the ball was over the rim. That's offensive interference. That layup should not have counted. Crazy. <laughs> it's so crazy. Yeah, that's, wow, that's bad, bro. So Steph is really out here carrying offensively, like scoring wise, because no one crazy. else, is, no one else is giving you anything. Yeah, everything like the Kaminga minutes do not look as good as they did in the preseason, and I don't even want to necessarily fault him because again, it feels like Steve Kirby using him as a corner player. Like, bro, just park it in the corner. We'll kick it to you. You shoot it. Obviously, he hasn't been shooting great, but like. That's not his strength. He can do so much more for you than that. And, like, he excels being in the open, like, in the open floor, being able to play with pace. And, like, you're just, like, putting him in park in the corner. At some point, bro, we got to start talking about Steve Kerr. I I was just about to say, bro, I think it's, like, this Steve Kerr conversation needs to happen pretty soon. Because this. It's no way, dudes. Bro, you cannot be a fraud with four rings, right? Like, I mean, if you have KD, Steph, and Clay and Draymond for two of them, then you know what I mean. Like, I don't know, because like, I, like, all right, at some point, like, you could, because you could be a good coach with and have great talent and win rings. Like, if your talent is just like crazy, but the better coaches that we've seen, even when the talent is not like overwhelmingly great, are still good coaches. You know what I mean? But yeah. So I don't know. I'm not saying he's a f- absolute bum. But it's not it might not be this like, oh my God, guru of a coach that people think he is. Yeah, I don't know if he should have I mean like resume wise, yeah, he got a top fifteen resume. But like X's and O's coaching, like and some of it again, it's tough because like you said, he did have Steph, KD, Clay, Draymond. Walked even before that, he walked into a perfectly built situation. Mark, Mark Jackson, Jackson did that. Mark Jackson did. He started that, bro. He gave him the key. They say all the time he gave him the confidence to go. He'd been saying that they were the best shooting backcourt ever. And then Steve Jack, Steve Kerr came in there and was like, let's go small. And then it just worked out. And still be trying to do that, bro. And it shows teams be coming out and bullying them. Because your biggest player is Looney. And, like, Looney is not an intimidating offensive presence and is not this great rim protector either. Like, you're lacking what every team needs. Like, this is not something you can, like, get away with. Mm-hmm. you got to have it. Tough, man. It's tough. That's really crazy. I cannot believe that's a real stat, though. I seen it and I was like, bro, this got to be like Twitter. Like, I don't know. This this can't Oh my be gosh. And they play the Timberwolves on the 14th. They tomorrow. Get they better get cracked. Yo. That's going to be oof. That's going to be a crazy game. There's some good games though. I can't I can't miss the Timberwolves game right at this point right now. Like they bro, are and, so I, and I think bro, and they're playing the Suns the next day, right? And that's the day that uh, uh, Devin Booker is coming back. It's the first game of all Ooh. three of them. The Timberwolves versus Suns, Devin, all three of them. That's going to be – nah, I'm, I'm going to be locked in at that one. That's, that is must-see, must-see TV, bro. 
But say because the games tonight is like ah, they're they're mid, they're mad mid. It's like ah, I don't really. New care York and Boston money. is always fun to watch. You you can't. It is, but it's like it's high. Like for as far as like a top tier match, because it's supposed to be like you know, like right. good, somewhat rivalry. It'd be high. They'd the be good Knicks to watch, but it'd be key are not super fun to watch. This has been a little bit better because of Julius Randle's picked it up a little bit, but especially early on, it was like yo, this is a. This is, a t- this is tough basketball to watch, bro. <laughs> it's not you. easy on the eyes. I'm telling you, bro. Certain teams, bro, I don't be like, I just can't like lock into certain teams, bro. I just can't do it. Is it I tried to play? watch the the Wizards Hornets uh, in season tournament game. <laughs> that that sounds painful. <laughs> <laughs> I made it like ten minutes, and I was like, it's like there's so many other games on. I can't. <laughs> If this bro. was the only game I could do it, but it's, I can't, bro. It's tough. Bro, I tell you now, I have not watched a, a second of the Grizzlies game. I I have not seen. I, I haven't seen. I've caught a couple, <laughs> but it's again, it's another tough watch, and it's just like y'all just y'all don't have the people. Y'all, do, y'all don't got the guys. Y'all, like how does y'all are playing guys that have no business being on the floor right now? Don't get me wrong; it could be Jaw and four bums. I'd watch it just because, like, he might do something crazy. Right. I, I don't like watching Desmond Bain, short arms, just that ugly jumper. I just can't do it. I'm sorry. I can't do it. Yeah. Not as a league guy. As, as like, a, you know what I'm saying? A piece, for sure. He'd be hooping. As a league yeah. guy, I'm straight. Even the what, bro? I thought the Wizards low-key would be a little bit more fun to watch, bro. Yeah, they not, like, they 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 not like a fun bad. Like I thought this was gonna be like a fun. No, pool it's, just bad. it's just ugly. <laughs> it's, it's just bad, bad turnovers, <laughs> bad shots. Like like not even bad, egregious shot selection. Like yeah, like you have no business shooting the ball right here, bro. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not a good watch. Mm-hmm. That that kind of hurts me because I really thought it was gonna be like. Here we go, Jordan Poole about to average twenty eight. Bro, he's averaging, he averaging like sixteen. Bro, sick, bro. I thought it was gonna that was gonna be the one team. Like, ah, right, what's on? Right, Wizards. Right, let's have some fun. Let's just watch a little bad basketball. But they might hoop. Nah, it's just bad basketball. They they a next day team. I, I'll catch the the condensed version. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not live, bro. Just, <laughs> that's that's a hard commitment for two hours. That's crazy. You know what the funny part is though. It be like I I know it because I see it a lot. There's diehard fans of these teams that watch all 82. No, I seen somebody. Oh my gosh, what team were they talking about? It was somebody. It might have been the Bulls or something. It was like a team like the Bulls or the Wizards, where it's like everybody know where their season is going. And it was under someone's uh, replies in Twitter, and it was like, I mean, somebody was talking about how they they can't watch them um, like night to night. He was like, "Yeah, it's tough, bro. I have to watch all 82 <laughs> with like pain emojis." And it's like, "You're crazy, bro. I could not. It's no way. It's no way I'm gonna be a fan of a bad team. It's like a Thursday night game against another bad team, and you're watching it all the whole every minute of it. Like, bro, when the Lakers was bad, don't get me wrong, I was watching some games because like I gotta check in on the Lakers. You told me I had to watch all 82." It's different in basketball, bro. In NFL, it's like you commit once a week. Mm -hmm. You could have it on red zone, whatever. They flipping around. You could flip through channels, bro. To watch 82 games of a bad team. Because bad basketball hurts to watch. Don't get me wrong. Bad football hurts to watch, too. But bad basketball is like, bro, what are y'all doing, bro? 
What, which would you say? What, what's worse to watch, bad football or bad basketball? Bad football for both teams because bad football is so slow. Like it's so slower. Bad basketball could just be like a whole bunch of just. At least something happened. Like you just running right. around. Bad football. Like bro, you remember the the what was it the Broncos Colts game last year? Matt Ryan versus Russell Wilson. Thursday night primetime. That had to be the worst <laughs> thing I've ever watched in my life. I, I actually was, and I watched every. Every snap of that game, I watched it, bro. And I was like, bro, what am I doing? Like, this is this is horrible. This is I'm pulling horrible. up the stats from that game because I do remember. It was 12 to 9. Oh, my God. <laughs> I remember this. This bro. is nasty, bro. It Yo, was. if you combined <laughs> Matt Ryan and Russell Wilson's QBR, bro, 34. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. Well, bad, bad football is like, bro, it pains my eyes to look at, bro. But bad basketball, it does the same, but at least it's running around. Like, somebody might do something. It might be some action. You know what I mean? Yeah. Some bum might start hooping. You never know. So. Bad football, I think, do piss me off more because it sometimes it's like, as bad as y'all are, bro, y'all can't do the simple things. Like, Mm. Bad basketball, whatever. People could be having an off shooting night. Like it's just tough. Like sometimes the shots don't fall. You could do everything right and it still don't go your way, bro. Y'all be block. Y'all can't, y'all can't block up basic protections. We can't run the football against any front five man box. We still missing assignments. <laughs> and you, I'm and looking you- at wide open touchdowns get missed. Dudes dropping picks. It's just it's everything across the board is ugly bro and you know what makes it worse because i remember and it happened a lot in that calls game penalties like yes every other snap is a penalty and that that means we're stopping the game for the ref to you know make the penalty that at least bad basketball is like it's still like something's happening penalties is like bro the game is literally stopped like i'm not watching yeah. anything like and it's just penalty it's just it sucks bro absolutely sucks yeah. 15 penalties for this is like 120 yards in this game. She's like, bro, that's crazy to me, bro. And that's, that's what was pissed me off about the Jets. They would have a good drive and then penalty, penalty. I'm like, God damn, that's so demoralizing. It stops a whole drive. Melvin Gordon was the leading rusher for the Denver. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. How that far was, we've come. That was so it's, it's still weird to click on his picture and see him being a, a, a raven. Like, the running back fall off is crazy. Like Chargers, 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 Chargers. Three years in Denver, it's like the weight of his yards, like, bam, like off a <laughs> cliff, bro. Crazy. Dang, that's tough. I can't wait for these games tomorrow. These games gonna be some good ass games. Yeah, in season tournament tomorrow. That's what. It, okay, I mean, one. I'm like, yeah. damn, they got some good little. You know, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I look yeah. at them ugly ass courts, though. I'm trying to go to the the Spurs one on Friday. I need to see that. I need to see the Wemby in person in regular season action. Who do they play Friday? Sacramento. And De'Aaron Fox is supposed to come back, I think, tomorrow. So hopefully he'll mm. make the trip. Copy. Yeah. But with that, that is going to wrap up this episode of the Off the Glass podcast. I got a little additional after show and mm-hmm. talk that was was not scheduled but it was flowing um if you made it first of all all the way through this part of the podcast we appreciate you as always be sure to like comment subscribe to the youtube channel if you're on youtube go over to the audio platforms 
follow the show, pre-download the show, five-star rating. If you're listening to us on the audio platform, go ahead and pause it. Plug the YouTube on your phone. Go like, comment, subscribe to the channel. Uh, every single week, I check the podcast analytics and the listens on Spotcast, Spotcast, <laughs> Spotify, and Apple Podcasts have been going crazy. Like the last month, I think we got over 300 listens. Um, so y'all have been going crazy. More and more people are tuning in. More and more people are finding it because y'all are listening. Um, so we appreciate the support as always. Follow the socials down there at the bottom at Off the Glass Pod on Instagram. And at Off the Glass Podcast on TikTok. As always, I'm Billy, that's Dame, and we out. Peace. Yes, sir.